live from the 607, it's the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour, where we're talking everything movies, TV, comics, and entertainment. Join in the conversation on social media with the hashtag ODPH, because here we go. Welcome back for an all-new edition of the ODPH Podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. What is going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining us this week. My name is Ken M. Joining me in studio, as always, you know him. He is the co-host. His name is Padawan J. Hello, hello, hello. And folks, don't adjust your dials. We are coming to you a little earlier than our normally scheduled time this week because there's a few things going on here in our local 607. Our schedules are, in, in layman's terms, as simple the terms if you just want to tune out for a second, is we're batshit crazy busy. Yes. But fear not because we still are going to deliver you another entertainment edition of the ODPH podcast. And this coincides with a very big event albeit a little different than we've seen in years past, but still is one of the biggest events going on in the land of movies, TV, comics, and entertainment fandom, and that is San Diego Comic-Con, Comic-Con at Home. Mm -hmm. So we are going to give you our usual breakdown of the event from start to finish, let you know about the panels you need to check out and which ones you might be like on the fence about. Maybe we'll sway you, maybe we won't. Who knows? But if we were going to be in the physical event in San Diego, we'd definitely go check this out. But we have the privilege of checking it out online on their YouTube channel. So for more information about the event, it's comic-con.org. I'll say that I've got the uh, address in the show notes uh, to make it real simple for you so you don't have to remember the link. That's why Pad is the best, folks. Don't get it twisted. But while you're checking out there, also swing on over to odphpodcast.com where you can join in the conversation on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Podchaser, Good Pods, TikTok. If you name it, we are probably there. Just type in the hashtag ODPH or type in ODPHpod. We pop right up, and we definitely have a lot to go over with. So now for the 51st edition of San Diego Comic-Con. It's kind of happened a little bit different this year. Obviously, they're going back online. They're not running a full uh, live person event yet. Right. That is still slated. They're going to be trying to do one, last we heard, around Thanksgiving weekend. Mm -hmm. So this one, though, is going to be back online. Now, last year when they came out uh, with their first Comic-Con at home, met with mixed reviews. Uh, In my opinion, a lot to be desired. A lot to be desired. But we have to remember, though, when they came out, they were the first Comic-Con to run online and test out what we were expecting in the COVID era. Mm-hmm. So I can't really fault them too much about it. But they were the first ones out the gate. Obviously, we had DC Fandom following after, New York Comic Con online, and now we are kind of going full circle and back to San Diego. So we are going to give the breakdown of the event. So they are kicking off on Wednesday. Which I despite what their own website says. Right, because they're really hyping up about Friday through Sunday. For the big events. But Wednesday, if you go to ComicCon.org, you're going to find out that they have something special kicking off. It's just an hour, but still, it is a very, very big hour. Pad, what we got? Uh, so the panel, only panel taking place on Wednesday is titled Unmasking Snake Eyes, G.I. Joe Origins. Uh, and the description reads, an inside look at the highly anticipated upcoming film Snake Eyes, G.I. Joe Origins. With special content and exclusive interviews from stars Henry Golding, Andrew Koji, Ursula Corbero, Samara Weaving, Haruka Abe, Iko Uweiss, Peter uh, Mensa, and 
Takahiro Hira, as well as the writer of the G.I. Joe comic book series, the legend himself, Larry Hama. Yes, if you're not familiar with Hama's work, he is synonymous with G.I. Joe from Marvel, wrote an amazing amount of G.I. Joe content, and for doing the super armed force of the 1980s that was on a mission to stop the terrorist group known as Cobra, there is a lot to deep dive into about this. And so obviously, we just got a note. Uh, the end of the description reads, if you are super hyped up for this movie, uh, fans in select markets who tune into the panel will have a chance to gain access to special advanced screening of Snake Eyes on Wednesday, July 21st at the Snake Eyes Comic Con uh, fans first fan screenings. Uh, be sure to tu- be sure to tune in for more info. Yeah, that's a big move, because if you're not familiar with G.I. Joe and Pad is not actually. Nope. And it's not a slight. It's been kind of a roller coaster ride with the movies because we know from the animated show from the 1980s is a classic. Mm-hmm. You can talk to anybody about it. Obviously, the action figures still live on to this day. They are so unique, and for being what they were at the time period, they are classic icons. So obviously, when we saw the first incarnation of the movie, the G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra met with mixed results. Channing Tatum was leading that group, being Duke. And obviously, Sienna Miller was tagged in that with the Baroness. And we had Ray Park playing the iconic Snake Eyes. Which, if you're not familiar with G.I. Joe, the easiest way to describe Snake Eyes is he is like Wolverine to the X-Men. Mm-hmm. He is the standout character. He was always just such a badass on the cartoon. And now in the movies, too, he's definitely living up to that. So it is very cool to see him now finally get his origin. Because the last time we've seen him was G.I. Joe Retaliation. Mm-hmm. led by Dwayne The Rock Johnson as Roadblock. Okay. So it was kind of met with mixed results because uh, the movies, you have to take them for what they are. Sure. I'd say if you're a fan of the Fast and Furious franchise mm. type vibe, yeah. you'll really enjoy them. Well, so I did see the trailer for this movie, and I and I have to admit, I giggled a little bit when the uh, review card or whatever they call it came up, you know, with the, where they usually put the quote from somebody online and what they said. And it was from somebody from Screen Rant. They go, the best G.I. Joe movie yet. And I'm like, that's kind of a low bar. It is a very, very low bar. I mean, the animated movie is fantastic. So that one, is, granted, it gets a little crazy because of Cobra La. And you have to understand the cartoon to understand that movie. Because uh, there's always just moving parts going on with that. And obviously toy action figures. And yeah, it went in a very, very odd direction, I will say. But it is what it is. And now we finally get to Snake Eyes, the origin movie. So before we get G.I. Joe Ever Vigilant, which is still, I guess, in production talk, hmm. I've only heard about this just in whispers. I, I, I can't even really report on this. Uh, but I do know about Snake Eyes, the trailer. We did watch it. Pad, what did you think of the trailer? It was all right. I mean, I'm not super into the franchise, so it's not like hyping me up over the moment. It looked, it looked all right. I am very excited for this being a longtime G.I. Joe fan. I mean, Henry Golding as Snake Eyes and Andrew Koji playing Storm Shadow. If you're familiar with the franchise, you definitely know that they are intertwined. It's like Sabretooth and Wolverine, to put it to anybody that's not familiar. But how they go about this, this is how Snake Eyes is growing up under the wing of Storm Shadow and how he gets entangled with being involved with G.I. Joe and fighting Cobra. And definitely there's a lot of other Easter egg characters throughout the movie as well. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to spoil too much. What we've seen of the action, though, I have to admit, I am super excited about this. I think that this is a return to the big karate kung fu action 
sure. films that we haven't really seen at the box office too often. I've mentioned this when we talk about Shang-Chi. We haven't had this kind of genre really explode on the big screen in a while. So to see it make a resurgence, I'm a super big fan of. Oh, yeah. So sign me up and take my money because the action looks great. Plot, I'm going in with low expectations because, let's face it, when it's based off a cartoon and based off a toy line, you never know what you're going to get. I'm not expecting The Godfather by any means, but I am expecting it to be an entertaining ride and be a very big nostalgia piece for me. And going into this panel, I'm definitely excited to hear what they have to say. I know that they have the final trailer coming out because the movie is coming out this week as we record to the box office. Mm-hmm. I'll be there open tonight with our guys over at 3FN. So this is going to be something definitely to check out. And for Larry Hama to be there, too. That's a big move I'll as say, well. I, I've only gone to a few Comic-Cons and, and paid attention to a few. doesn't seem like he makes the uh, circuit all that often. Yeah, I haven't heard too much about it, but if he does, please correct us. You know, it's up on, at OD Parlay Hour on Twitter. We'll definitely want to find out a little bit more about that. But like I say, to have him and being such a legend in the comic industry be there and give his perspective because he's written so much of G.I. Joe's history. Right. And definitely gone away from the cartoon. So it's definitely its own story, in, in my opinion. It's going to be a very fascinating panel. And to definitely kick off the event. Mm-hmm. Because if you're going ahead of the regular shows... And obviously, like I said, they're really hyping up about Friday through Sunday on comic-dash or comic-con.org, excuse me. You really want to kick off the event in a big way. And for me, I feel this is a very big event to kick off with. But that's the only one running on Wednesday. So check your local listings on comic-con.org because they are adjusting it to your time zone. So yeah, that's, we, that's a nice thing. That's a very nice thing they're doing. So definitely applaud the team over at San Diego Comic-Con for that. So that'll be on 4 p.m. in the Eastern Standard Time Zone on their YouTube channel, so definitely drop that follow and check it out. Now we go to Thursday. Mm-hmm. Now, Thursday is kind of a little interesting because it doesn't really have anything that's super pop culture, in my opinion. Right. But it's more of like an educational forum sure. that they have throughout the days. Like kicking off on the schedule I was looking at was teaching and learning with comics. Now, this mm-hmm. one definitely looks like an interesting one, Pat. Yeah, so it has uh, Peter Carlson from Green Dot Public Schools, Susan Kirtley from Portland State University, Uh, And Antero Garcia from Stanford University talk with comic creators Kelly Sue DeConnick uh, from Bitch Planet and Matt Fraction from November uh, in order to connect the dots between comic books and civic action. Uh, Connections include ice cream, change theory, fungible memory uh, curriculum, the Dickinson cash drawer, transformational experiences in school, and what they've got going on over there with Good Trouble Comics. Sign me up with Fraction and DeConnick in the panel. That is going to be a definitely interesting one. And it's a cool forum to bring up because Comic-Cons are not always just about the movies, TV, and comics. They definitely go into some different directions and different topics that will pique your interest to stuff that you've never heard of before. So for me, I thought that was a cool one that is going to be starting uh, for me at the first run-through of the panels. The next one was graphic novels are the new textbooks. And how true is that statement these days? So, uh, yeah, very true. Um, and the description of this reads, modern dynamic teaching means for, uh, thinking outside the textbook. Uh, Michael Gianfresco, uh, Lit X founder and teacher. Uh, Shavetta Miller, author of Hacking Graphic Novels, Eight Ways to Teach Higher Level Thinking with Comics and Visual Storytelling. Uh, Deborah uh, Benjamin, educator. Ronald Whitaker, English Curriculum Director, and Dr. J. Uh, Hosler, writer, artist, The Way of the Hive, discuss teaching techniques. Excuse me, to engage students using the comics medium in a new in a way that will demonstrate practical, positive educational results. 
Yeah, so that definitely sounds like something interesting to go along with. And like I said, this is kind of the vibe for Thursday about it. The other one that really caught my mind was the one closing out this show, and that's slaying real monsters and building communities through role-playing games. Hmm. Yeah, so the uh, description of this reads, TTRPGs have the power to build communities, explore mental health in a safe space, and raise funds uh, for important charity causes. Panelists Fenway Jones from Jasper's Game Day, uh, D'Angelo Morello, writer slash game, di- uh, game designer, uh, Star Shinobi, D&D supplemental writer slash creator, and Dan Wood, Creators Assemble Inc. comics librarian, uh, discuss strategies, tech, uh, educational learning outcomes, comics, and the all-inclusive welcoming nature of TTRPGs that has continued to build. Yeah, this one definitely looks like a fun panel, and honestly... With role-playing booming as it is now, yeah, and you can't escape it, it's definitely something that if you're not familiar with it, like, I am not the biggest RPG guy. Right. But I am trying to learn. Like, I'm trying to go onto different streams, like, such as our good sure. friends over at Stranger Damies sure. and, and do, watch them do their live D&D play. I know JVD from Villains Demand is always saying about, you know, you really got to check it out. You got to really get involved in it. I know there's been some talk about us doing a RPG stream on 607 Podcast mm-hmm. with the guys over at 3FN and some of the other people at Dragon Master Games. I know there's been some talk about it. So, it, and, But it's cool to go over like the DMG, and I'll plug them all day, every day. They're fantastic people here in the 607. It's always great to see the community over there and just everybody having fun and getting involved in it. And it's just a new forum that I am definitely interested in learning about. And mm-hmm. going through the panels list over the weekend here, there's a lot to definitely sink your teeth into yeah. if you're not familiar with the world of role-playing games. No, yeah. I mean, d and is never something I really got into. I mean, I remember back when I was in high school that I was on a school trip down to Florida, and there were a group of kids playing D&D, and one of the chaperones who was there sitting here goes, you know what they're talking about? I was like, I under, I was like, I recognize some of the terms, and I, and I know them, but I was like, I don't really know what they're doing. You know, and I've just never really got, I had a couple opportunities, but I just never really jumped in to do it. But... I, I knew that it was a popular thing on YouTube with live and Twitch with live streams. And now it seems like it's starting to explode or maybe it's just exploding past where it's already been into the kind of like the mainstream with uh, podcasts that like I know Rooster Teeth has got one going uh, Tales from the Stinky Dragon that is like really good. And I enjoy it far more than I thought I would. Yeah, absolutely. And I know like other friends like Broken Lords always have a great podcast about that. And you're seeing the boom coming back with it, too. I know Marvel has got something in the works to bring back their RPG. Okay. I remember playing their original one. I actually really enjoyed their first one. So to see that kind of have a resurgence, I, I know there's something coming out in the next year. Definitely want to keep my eye out on that. And we'll talk about that when it finally gets in my hands because I definitely want to check it out. But like I say, the RPG world is booming right now. So this is something that is going to be a big theme throughout the weekend. And I, for one, definitely want to check this panel out because I think this is going to be something for novices like myself that can really sink my teeth into and see, okay, maybe this might be something that might interest me as we go on. That's what we had lined up for Thursday, the 22nd. Now we go into the official, quote-unquote, kickoff of Comic-Con at home. So now we are going to jump in for Friday, July 23rd. Mm-hmm. Now, this one, there was a panel that just immediately screamed out at me, and that is Heels. Yeah, might be a popular show. We'll see. You you would think, but obviously, if you listen to the ODPH, this kind of sums up our world very, very quickly. Pro wrestling involving former superheroes yep. on a streaming service. Yep. 
Let's go. So yeah, the description of this uh, reads, Heels is a story about the men and women who chase their dreams in the world of small town pro wrestling. Set in a close-knit Georgia community, it follows a family-owned wrestling promotion as two brothers and rivals war over their late father's legacy. In the ring, somebody must play the good guy and somebody must play their nemesis, the heel. But in the real world, those characters can be hard to live up to or hard to leave behind. Panelists include creator slash executive producer Michael Waldron, uh, who from uh, Loki, uh, the upcoming Doctor Sh- and the upcoming Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, uh, showrunner slash executive producer Mike O'Malley, uh, who worked on Shameless and Survivor's Remorse, and series stars Stephen Amell, uh, you might have heard of him, yeah, just once or twice, uh, Alexander Ludwig, uh, who you might know from The Hunger Games and Vikings, yes, along with Allison Loof, Mary McCormick, Kelly Ber- uh, Berglund. Alan Maldonado, James Harrison, and Chris Bauer, who round up the cast. Now, this will be on Stars. The trailer just dropped a few hours ago. Okay. So I definitely want to check this out. Had this one been in the works for a while, just partly because of uh, pandemic, but it's been in the works a while. Yeah, this has been in the works for a while. This has been a pet project from Stephen Amell. This is the first one we knew that he was going to post Arrow. Right. So there is a lot of hype behind this, and if you don't know... Stephen Amell has done some professional wrestling. Right. Yeah, he has. In the WWE, and I want to say in Ring of Honor I for, believe so. for a quick moment because yes. he does have the connection with Cody Rhodes, and he definitely has appeared with the Bullet Club to wrestle. Isn't, in, this, isn't this the one where CM Punk worked on behind the scenes yes. and the pro wrestling world lost their collective shit? Uh-huh. This is definitely going to have a heavy pro wrestling influence. So if you are a pro wrestling fan, and hi, raising my hand, you'll definitely want to check this panel out. And like I say, there's a lot to be desired about this because you're going to get a lot of the behind-the-scenes vibe from it, and especially small-town pro wrestling mm-hmm. is a very big deal. Oh, yeah. To go to an indie show, oh, I yeah. will always scream to the top of my lungs, you need to go to an indie show once in your life to really experience pro wrestling because you'll see the stars of tomorrow today, and then when you watch them on one of the big promotions, you're like, I remember seeing them way back when. Say hi here locally in the 607. We got we were fortunate enough to watch one Joe Gacy here in, in Excite Wrestling for a while, now in the NXT breakout tournament. Yeah. I mean, if you really want to get to more of a crazy thing, we've had come through Excite Wrestling, Adam Cole. Bebe. Bebe. Uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott, who yep. was Shane Strickland at the time. Yep. We have seen... Kevin Steen and yep. AJ Styles wrestle uh-huh. way before they got to the WWE and when they were killing it on the indies, too. We have also, like, had the... Gar- gr- oh, Gargano. Gargano. Came through. Didn't Champa come through, too? Yes, Champa, in my opinion, had the greatest uh, main event with Joe Gacy in Excite Wrestling's history. So between Excite Wrestling and 2CW, they've all come through the Binghamton area. Matt Hardy came down with 2CW, uh, where local wrestler Sean Carr broke Matt Hardy. Yes. Matt Hardy was not broken at that point. Shankar beat him, and then Matt Hardy became broken. Tell me I'm wrong. I know. It's just one of those weird things when you throw it together. You're like, man. I told it to Sean one time. He goes, you know what? You put it that way. You're not wrong. Yes. So, yeah, we'll take credit for it. So, you can you can let us know. Either way, you this, will get, this is going to capture the indie vibe. So, yeah. I definitely want to see it. I mean, obviously, there'll be some stuff played up for the TV because oh, yeah. it's TV. Yeah. It's like with anything sports. You know, I, the one I can always think of is the Blindside movie where, you know, the story of Michael Orr and, and how in the movie he didn't know a thing about football. He didn't know how to play football. But in, in interviews, he's like, nah, that wasn't entirely true. I, I knew how to play football. Yeah. So, like I say, that is going to be one of the premier panels on Friday to kick off the day because 
there's a lot that's going to be going on at the for the East Coast. It's the one o'clock hour. Yeah. So you all, like I say, you really need to go to comic-con.org and make sure to check where your local time zone is for everything kicking off. Yeah. Another one at one o'clock because I know Pat is a Dragon Ball uh-huh. fanatic. Hell yeah. So there's a Dragon Ball special panel. Yeah. So this is uh, taking place at one o'clock, and the description reads: Since 1984, the Dragon Ball series has always brought exciting adventures to fans around the globe. We welcome special guests, Masako Nozawa, voice of Son Goku, uh, Akio Ayoku, uh, executive producer of the Dragon Ball series and editor for Akira Toriyama, and Nirohiro Hayashida, uh, producer of TV TV animation and movies for the Dragon Ball series, including Dragon Ball Super Broly, that's the last movie they did, Mm -hmm. uh, as they discuss the behind the scenes of the next Dragon Ball movie. There will be a ton. There will be tons of exciting news, and don't miss a special musical performance by Hironobu uh, Kageyama. So, yeah, th- this is uh, in regards to the upcoming movie that we don't know when it's coming out. We don't know what it's about. We just know series creator Tor- Akira Toriyama said that, hey, I'm doing another movie, and this is going to be possibly the first uh, details we find out about it because, in terms of the timeline, the canon timeline. Uh, Dragon Ball Super Broly, the last film, was the most recent thing to take place in said uh, timeline because the Dragon Ball Super anime ended, stopped, whatever it is, you know, and then the movie took place. So we don't really know what's coming next. So depending on when this next movie takes place, it could be very interesting. Yeah, definitely something to check out if you're a Dragon Ball fan. I know that's right up your alley. Hell so. Yeah. So that one is going to be something I know a lot of eyes are going to be on. Like 1 o'clock is a very stacked lineup too. Yeah. Because also at 1 is the Paramount Plus panel. Yeah. So this one, Pat, is titled? Uh, So, yeah, it's Paramount Plus Peak Animation uh, with Star Trek Universe, The Harper House, and Stephen Colbert presents Tuning Out the News. Uh, How crazy is that title? This is a long-ass title. Uh, So the description reads, Paramount Plus is bringing cast and producers from its highly anticipated upcoming animated original series to Comic-Con at home. Programming includes exclusive conversations with the casts and producers of upcoming kids series Star Trek Prodigy, plus adult animated comedies Star Trek Lower Decks as the scrappy underdogs of the USS uh, Cerritos return in an exciting second season. New series The Harper House, plus a special segment of Stephen Colbert Presents Tuning Out the News. Yes, spelled T-O-O-N-I-N-G. Yep. Yeah, this one is going to be absolutely wild. Jerry O'Connell is going to be there breaking it down plus you're going to get some of the voices from the shows and star trek prodigy so kate mulgrew is going to be there leading her cast and you're going to see just a lot of people involved in this i mean there is just so many here i i'm going to say we'll be here all day it's a long description it's a very long description but if you are a subscriber to paramount plus and i just have to say i just signed up actually oh okay so i'm definitely gonna be checking out a lot of the content going on there I want to find out more about the Star Trek properties. Because once we heard, I remember about Star Trek Prodigy, everybody's like, whoa, mm-hmm. like what's going on? And now with Lower Decks, which I've caught, you know, some yeah. of it. I yeah. haven't, I can't say I've seen a lot. This is one of the things I'm going to try checking out on Paramount+. Plus. Sure. I'm definitely intrigued to see about it. Like I say, I'm never the biggest Star Trek guy. Sure. I am Team Star Wars. Sure. Team Star Trek. But I don't hate on it. I sure. just, it was never really my cup of tea. However, though... I want to start getting more into it. I mean, obviously, Star Trek Discovery has definitely won yep. me over like the times I've caught the episodes. So I definitely want to deep dive into it more. And obviously, you got Stephen Colbert in the house uh-huh. doing anything. You know it's going to be a Stephen Colbert on a live mic. Yo, boy. 
Exactly. And he knows his stuff, too. Like this, oh, is yeah. not, It's not like he's just somebody that's going to come in and read a cue card, folks. He knows his trek. So I'm expecting a lot of craziness going out of this. I mean, if he's going to be doing some Star Trek, which I assume, this is going to be just a wild panel. And definitely, if you are a fan of that genre, definitely get into it. And let's go from there, shall yeah. we? So then going down the list a little more, we do have at 2 o'clock on the Eastern Time Zone, the only Amazon Prime video panel I found, mm. which I'm kind of surprised at this. Okay. I know they had a bigger presence at New York Comic Con, and I know there's been a little shuffling of the deck. Plus, they have some shows that are in production right now. Right. Leading that list is The Boys Season 3. Hold your goddamn tongue. Leading that list is the Amazon Lord of the Rings series. Oh, oh what? Billion what? dollars a season. I mean, who, some, all right, one or two are going to watch that. Not the biggest thing in the world. But let us talk about this panel, 2 p.m. on the Eastern Standard Time Zone. Yeah, so the description reads, Amazon Prime Video and IMDb TV have joined forces for a multi-title panel that promises something extraordinary for every Comic-Con at home attendee. Join showrunners Rafe Judkins from The Wheel of Time, uh, Hideaki Anno from Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.01, Thrice Upon a Time, Nico Entel from SOZ, Sarah Goodman from I Know What You Did Last Summer, and series stars and directors uh, Beth Reesgraf and Noah Wilde uh, from Leverage Redemption. As TV host Tim Cash leads each panelist uh, through their own standalone series conversation filled with illuminating discussion and exclusive asset drops and announcements. Yeah, so this is something definitely to check out, especially with IMDb TV yeah. involved. This is a streaming a, service you might not have heard of. Exactly. But it's one you want to go check out, though. I I, I haven't deep-dived into it enough to really say I'm an aficionado of I it. Say, if they're bringing back leverage in some sort of form, I might check it out. Because that was one of the shows I, I enjoyed watching in, like, the mid to late 2000s. Because, mm-hmm. like, the whole premise of it was it was this group of, like, you know, people who got together and they each had a specific set of skills, you know, type of thing that they'd run into somebody or they'd get hired by somebody who was getting screwed over by somebody, usually like a corporation or a big wig or somebody rich or just somebody screwing them over and they'd always give them, well, leverage. Leverage. Interesting. Yeah, they got a lot of stuff going on. And I will say this, whenever Amazon Prime Video is doing a panel, they're usually a lot of fun. They have a lot of content. So if you are interested in any of their properties, definitely make sure to check this panel out because there's a lot of stuff going on with that. Yeah. Definitely want to check out also at 2 o'clock in the Eastern Standard Time Zone, Legion M, the how the power of fandom is changing Hollywood. Yeah. So the description of this is Legion M is the world's first fan-owned uh, entertainment company. Through equity crowdfunding, we've made it possible for anyone to become an entertainment investor. And it's more than simply being a shareholder. Members have access to special screenings, industry events, and exclusive Legion M meetups. Our panel will reveal how Legion M is involved with films like uh, Arch Enemy from Joe Manganiello, Colossal from Anne Hathaway, and Mandy Mandy from Nicolas Cage, and how you can be too. Yeah, definitely something to check out, and especially the power of fandom. If you don't realize of how big that has gotten, uh huh. Snyderverse. All I need to say, like polarizing as it is. The fans don't realize how much power they do possess. And I'm saying it's not getting on Twitter and being toxic because I don't have any time for that. That's no power. You're just ignored. But when you make your voice heard and you're so passionate about your fandoms, it does translate when it becomes a movement. Now, I will say, like I say, the Snyderverse thing is a very polarizing topic. Sure. But to see how Legion M has done this and really given a blueprint for fans to get this to Hollywood's attention is definitely something to check out. So I am recommending this 
Because if you really want to find out about your power as a fan, mm-hmm. this is a great way to do it. They have a very stacked crew here that's going to break it down. And like I say, I'm excited about hearing more about this because, like, let's face it, we as fans definitely want to make our voices heard. Mm-hmm. That's why we do podcasts. That's why we do social media. We want to be fans, and we definitely want to make sure it's heard. And like I say, this is a prime example to say, this can get it done. Yeah. So if you've ever wanted to say, like, oh, you know, nobody ever listened, blah, blah, blah. This shows you how to get it done. So make sure to bookmark this panel when it drops. There's another one, though, that's going on at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time that Pat and I will definitely be locked in for. Mattel and WWE Elite Squad fan panel. Yeah, this could, this could get wild. So, uh, so it says the, dis- the superstars of WWE and the Mattel action figure design team reveal the most exciting, authentic, upcoming WWE figure releases. Moderated by the last professional broadcaster, Sam Roberts. Oh. The panel features Mattel Elite squad members uh, Bill McKenna and Steve Ozer and WWE superstars Bianca Belair, Johnny Gargano, Dominic Mysterio, and Adam Cole. Baby, let's go. I like Sam Roberts too. Yeah. I, I can't. I, I can't hate on him too much. Even though Pat McAfee is winning the award for best WWE announcer right now. Facts. Just want to point that out there. Never Facts. thought I'd say that, folks. It's a wild year in WWE. Yeah. But this one is always a very cool panel to check out. If you're in the toy figures, WWE has definitely stepped their game up. And to see the lineup of wrestlers they have in attendance for this, sign me up. Yeah. They always do quality work for this, and you never know what storylines might come out of this. But mm-hmm. it's always it's always entertaining seeing the wrestlers to kind of take a step back and be fans as well because they always usually mark out big when they see the figures. Yeah. So that is something definitely to check out as well. And then we kind of scroll a little bit later in the day. We're going to the 3 o'clock hour. And this is a start of a run for HBO Max. Okay. Now, they do have a lot of uh, projects going on this weekend, but this is the first one coming up, so it's them in Cartoon Network Studios present Adventure Time. Yeah, Adventure Time Distant Lands. Uh, it says, what time is it? It's time for more adventures in the land of Ooh and beyond with uh, Adventure Time Distant Lands. Based on the Emmy and Peabody award-winning Cartoon Network series Adventure Time from creator Piddleton Ward and executive producer Adam Muto, Join uh, moderator Bex Taylor-Klaus uh, as they deep dive into the recent special, Together Again, uh, and preview the upcoming Wizard City along with Adam Muto, executive producer, John DiMaggio, uh, Mace Montgomery uh, Miskel, and Tokus Olagundoli, uh, apologies that I butchered that name, uh, uncover some secrets, hear behind-the-scenes stories, and stick around until the very end for a special sneak peek at the upcoming Adventure Time Distant Lands Wizard City. Uh, it's going to be James Baxter good. Definitely interested about this one. Like I say, HBO Max has a, has a lot of shows coming out, obviously now going into their first full year mm-hmm. of, yeah. of HBO Max. So they want to definitely really stack their deck, and going to Comic-Con is definitely a place to do it. So let's see what they got. And obviously Cartoon Network, you know what they bring to the table each time. So definitely something to check out there. Next up, though, 3 p.m., this one I have definitely got a lot of interest to check out. And I can't get kicked out of it. I know. That's that's the beauty of this one especially. Pat is going to be able to watch, but he will probably be tweeting his – fingers right off on this one and that is pad what uh marvel comics x-men so it reads uh welcome to life under the reign of x or, or 10 because 
weird naming. Reasons. Uh, yeah. Uh, from the start of the Hellfire Gala right through its show-stopping conclusion, Marvel's magnificent mutant mavens have led the new nation of Krakoa through some of the biggest changes the X-Men have ever seen. Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Agent M, leads a panel including Vita Ayala from Children of the Atom and New Mutants, Gary Dugan, uh, who works on Marauders and X-Men, Benjamin Percy, yes. who works on Wolverine and X-Force and has the deepest voice of a man you'll ever hear, Facts. Uh, Leah Williams, who works on X-Men The Trial of Magneto, and senior editor Jordan D. White, join these extraordinary experts uh, uh, for a sneak peek uh, at what's coming next. With Inferno heating up, the Master of Magnetism under investigation for the shocking death of Scarlet Witch, uh, and an all-new team of X-Men out in the world. There's never been a more exciting time to start reading. This is going to be a must-watch panel. Always when you get the uh, X-Men teams together and breaking down the future of the Jonathan Hickman-led universe, you're definitely going to get a lot of information, a lot of questions getting asked, and a lot of questions being answered. This is going to be a must-watch, and obviously with the events going on from the Hellfire Gala, which they have just completely put out in the open, that the Scarlet Witch is allegedly dead. For now. We say this because on Krakoa, nobody dies. And in comics, nobody ever stays dead, unless your name is Ben... uh, uh, Parker. Ben Parker. Yes. It is kind of an interesting ploy that they're going to be doing, so they definitely have a lot of information going on. Obviously, the trial of Magneto we have talked about before, Throwing it back to an earlier X-Men time. Inferno has getting mentioned again, which I, I, I feel better it's not involved in Limbo and the, yeah. and the original storyline because I'm not a fan of that one as an X-Men. But to see about what they're going to have to talk there. And obviously how everybody has came out through the Ten of Swords. It's just such a good, interesting read. I know that a lot of fans are kind of split about this because it, how Jonathan Hickman has reignited the X-Universe Definitely will have a discussion or reaction from fans, Mm -hmm. good or bad. There's really no indifferent about it. But I will say this. As a fan of comics, I like what I've seen so far. Mm -hmm. I like that they've taken a property that really, I don't want to say ran its course, Mm -hmm. but blew up to the point where there was like 20 books out a month. Yeah. And it just became what is making this team stand out. And Obviously, they had their big run. They've gone through a renaissance and obviously disappeared a little bit, too, when the Inhumans was getting forced on everybody's throat. Sorry, that's my opinion. But to see them come back now strong with this crazy concept from Jonathan Hickman and just to see the quality of books coming out, like I say, Marauders and X-Force are must-reads at the comic shop. Sure. If you haven't read them yet, seriously, pick up the issues and read them. They're fantastic. I give a highest possible recommendation to them. That's how much I love the books. And to see where we're going now with it, this is going to get to be an absolutely wild ride because with everything that Magneto and Xavier and Moira McTaggart have been scheming behind the scenes and reinventing the entire X history, this roller coaster is showing no signs of slowing down. Nope. And I am just saying if you're going to be borrowing a lot from the 90s and bringing it back, the 90s was a great time as an X-Men fan. I really want to see what they're mixing up. And if they can improve Inferno by any stretch of the imagination, I am here for that because, yeah, not one of my favorite ones ever from the X-Men line. Mm. Just going to put that out there. I mean, I don't have U.S. agent anger about it, but it's it's in the discussion. Albeit, though, there's another throwback since we're talking throwbacks. Yeah. And we're going to take it back to the 80s 
because on Netflix, they're rolling out, they have a bunch of the under the banner Netflix geeked. Yep. Uh, which we know that there was that promo week and back in uh, earlier this summer where they were unveiling a lot of information about like Umbrella Academy, Sandman, and Lock and Key. list goes on and on. We now have their first panel of the weekend. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting because with The Void, and we didn't touch upon this because I don't really know if this is super newsworthy at this stage. Mm-hmm. There's no Marvel Hall H moment going to yep. happen. Marvel is skipping. Marvel Studios is not involved this year. Yep. We know that DC Comics is not involved with their movie line. Yep. Uh, we do know they're lining up for DC Fandom in October, a yeah. week after New York Comic Con, which is still weird for me to process. But I digress. So there's a lot of the quote-unquote heavy hitters that are skipping again this year. But I think that with the lineup that they have here, we're seeing a lot of the, I don't want to say second-tier mm-hmm. franchises, but we're seeing a lot of properties that we wouldn't see. It's big names, but it's not necessarily home runs. Yeah, exactly. They're getting their chance to shine, though, and they're getting their big at-bats. So that being said, Netflix is definitely striking while the iron's hot. Yeah. And they're kicking off with one of the most hyped-up projects in recent memory, and that's the Masters of the Universe Revelation show. Yeah. Pad, break it down. So the description of this reads, Netflix and Mattel Television present an exclusive sneak peek at the highly anticipated animated series Masters of the Universe Revelation. Since its creation in 1982, the Masters of the Universe franchise has become a cultural phenomenon, transcending generations and igniting passion amongst fans around the world. This new action-packed series, which follows He-Man, Skeletor, Tila, and the, the other classic characters of the Masters of the Universe franchise, picks up where the iconic characters left off decades ago. Now, nearly 40 years later, this new series will delight long-standing fans and introduce a new generation to Eternia and the thrilling heroic adventures of the Guardians of Grayskull. The cast and creators will discuss all of your questions about reviving this beloved franchise. You know what I thought is very interesting about this? Uh-huh. You notice one name that's missing? Kevin Smith. Well, I mean, it says casting creators. Right. We'll discuss all. So presumably he'll be there. Oh, I would. You know, he's a lock. If we're going to do locks and leaps, I, that's a no-brainer. He will be. I just feel like if they were to name like all of the people that would be there, it would be as long as the Paramount Plus uh, panel description is. No, I, I will give you that. But to obviously have Kevin Smith's name attached to this. That's a big deal. Because there's arguably another name attached to this show that is not listed in here that could be arguably a bigger snub. But the fact that they just say cast and creators kind of fixes it. Well, that is true because obviously we know... Some dude named Mark Hamill is voicing Skeletor. Yep. Chris Wood is involved with the, is the voice of He-Man. The, Sarah Michelle Gellar is involved with the project. Too. Hey. Like they have, a line, they have a pretty stacked voice crew for this. So this is something to be involved. And like we say, the fact that we don't see Mr. Mark Hamill tag to this... Very interesting. Yeah. I'm uh, kind of surprised at that. But I think like, it is always. It says casting creators. So. Yeah. So, I mean, but they want to surprise a lot of people, and this is a way to do it. And this is going to be a fun panel. Like I say, if you have grown up in the 80s, you know about Masters of the Universe, you know about He-Man, always a classic figure in comics. And, like, from or not comics, but action figures. Obviously, you do know a lot about that universe if, if you grew up in that time period. So, for me, it's a nostalgia act, as we've ever seen. And like I say, to see He-Man yell, I have the power again, as we saw in the trailer, because they did release one out, because it is coming out this week on Netflix. Uh So you definitely want to check it out. And it's a direct continuation from the original run, 
which is wild to me. I mean, if there's anybody who's going to do that, though, Kevin Smith. Oh, exactly. Like I say, the fact he's tagged to this is just enough to get hyped up about and amped. And I'm telling you what, he you know the project is in safe hands with him. He is definitely somebody that is going to pay homage to it. Like, I can't stress that enough. Like, that is just something with Kevin being involved, if there was any questions about, like, how it was going to go, put him at ease. He's definitely going to deliver on this. Also at 3 p.m. to kind of round it out to the incredible impact of Dungeons and Dragons on culture and entertainment. Like we touched upon, the RPG movement is happening for this. Yeah. Uh, so the description of this reads, actress and game master Deborah Ann Wool, uh, Wool uh, from Daredevil, True Blood, Relics and Rarities. Yes. Writer Andrew Cosby, uh, who worked on Hellboy and Eureka. And Luca uh, Gex, uh, adventurer, game author, and son of D&D crew, uh, co-creator Gary Gygax, uh, as they take you on a tour of how groundbreaking RPG Dungeons & Dragons has had an outsized impact on culture and entertainment. Yes. So once again, we can't stress it enough. The RPG movement is definitely taking over. Dungeons & Dragons is now a very big deal in pop culture. Like, I think if anybody was questioning it and still thinking it was... Yeah. You know, on the fringe, no. I mean, it is big-time pop culture. We do know that there is a Hollywood blockbuster movie in production. Yep. So that all being said, I mean, this is the time to really get on board now because, trust us, it's only going to get bigger and better, and this is a great panel to check out. Deborah, Deborah Ann Wall, we know her as Karen Page from Daredevil. Yep. She's awesome. And to see everybody involved with this, this is how, how to get on the ground floor, and you can really understand how this is impacting pop culture and definitely – when it starts rolling, especially with movies coming out and projects, look out. Uh-huh. This is the time to definitely get involved. That being said, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Batman Fear State. I knew you had this one circled. Oh, you know this is me. Yep. Uh, description of this reads, Gotham Group editor ben, ben Abernathy brings together a rogues gallery of writers and artists to, to talk about what's upcoming for everyone's favorite Cape Crusader in Batman Fear State. Joining Ben are John Ridley uh, from The Other History of the DC Universe, uh, Mariko Tamaki from Dark Detective, James Tynan uh, IV from Batman, uh, Stephanie Phillips from Batman Urban Legends and Harley Quinn, and Tom Taylor from Batman The Detective and Nightwing. Sign me up. Like, honestly, just everybody there talking about everything Batman. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't even, even need to sell it anymore. Tynan's runs right now. Mm-hmm. Like, he has really carved his own portion of his, the Bat Mount Rushmore. And it's only getting bigger with the work he's doing. I, I can't stress that enough. And then Tom Taylor. What can you say about him right now? Just killing it. He might arguably be the best writer in comics. Bar Maybe. I, I'm telling you, there's a lot of competition. And it, this is a, such a great time to be a comic fan. To see him involved with this, along with the other creators coming for this panel... This is a must, must, must watch if you are any kind of Batman fan, period. I cannot stress this enough. You definitely need to check it out. And But also at that time, I know Pad's interest is going to be taking a, a little split here because Crunchyroll is having a panel? Yeah, so uh, the description of this is uh, short and sweet. Uh, hear ab- ab- about all the latest and greatest uh, anime and manga coming out of Crunchyroll straight from the source. Yes. 
This is something you know, Pat, is going to be locked and loaded for. I mean, do you want to talk about just a little brief, brief history of Crunchyroll? Like, how great is it? What do they do? Kind of a quick once-over. Uh, Crunchyroll is pretty much uh, your go-to source for a lot of anime. Uh, they've got a boatload on there, and whatever, whatever isn't on there is on Funimation. And, well, with that deal done a couple months or about a year or so ago, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, but they're a great source for anime. Uh, I know I used them a lot when Dragon Ball Super was coming out just because it would air over in Japan. And then within an hour of it finishing airing in Japan, I could go on to Crunchyroll and watch the new episode. Mm-hmm. That like They were doing the... Uh, ter- you, I forget what the arc name is, but it was the last arc they did in Dragon Ball Super was the tournament with the, the various universes that there was like... an ep- The episode of the week prior came out off Crunchyroll, and I watched it, and I'm like, holy shit, cliffhanger ending. I got to see what happens next next week. Well, the next episode happened to coincide with when I was going back home from New York Comic Con, so I watched the next episode on the bus ride back home and blew a lot of data just to do it, just because I was like, I need to, because it was like an hour-long episode rather than your usual about 20 half-hour-long episode. Mm-hmm. So I had to watch it, you know, so it's, it's a really good source for anime. You can read a bunch of manga on there. It's a fun community on there, and, and they sell some good merch on there, too. Yeah, it's definitely something to check out. I, I knew the minute that happened, I was like, well, I know what I'm watching, but <laughs> I know what Pat's going to be checking out first. Let us swing to the 5 o'clock hour, because this one is definitely got something on Pad's radar, and it is big. And it is Star Wars The High Republic. Yeah. Uh, so the description of this reads, Star Wars The High Republic authors Claudia Gray, Charles Soule, Kevin Scott, Justina Ireland, Danielle Jose Older uh, discuss uh, the latest books and comics in this exciting new era, including The Rising Storm, which I'm still uh, in the process of listening to, uh, Race to Crash Point Tower, and Out of the Shadows, plus get a sneak peek at new reveals and upcoming titles, uh, moderated by Star Wars The High Republic show host uh, Christina Ariel. Uh, yeah, so High Republic is their new kind of like cross-brand, cross-medium uh, venture where they're doing audiobooks, uh, well, books, comics, audio dramas set 300 years uh, before the events of uh, Star Wars The Phantom Menace. Uh, so really out of touch, you know, not really can't be influenced by anything that happened right up to the prequels. Yoda's there, but hey, you know, really not much you can do with that. Crazy in terms of like, oh, you got to make sure he gets to this point or that point. It's 300 years before uh, Phantom Menace. You got plenty of time. Uh, the books thus, thus far have been amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've listened to them on audiobook form because, like I said before, I'm a busy individual. I have to listen to <laughs> audiobooks at this point. Uh, the books have been great. I, like I said, I'm currently going through The Rising Storm uh, by Kevin Scott right now, which is fantastic. Uh, and the and the comics have been good as well. So I, I can't wait to see what they reveal about this. Yeah, definitely an interesting panel. And like I say, anything High Republic, Pat is the aficionado for. So that's why I go to him about this. And obviously... Star Wars, anything at Comic-Con is definitely worth checking out. I mean, we've been to some in New York, and it's always been a great time. So to see everything that is going to be a Star Wars thing, you know we're locked and loaded for that. Oh, yeah. Also at 5 p.m., there's something just briefly to read and mention because definitely when we're talking about what's new in independent comics, if you listen to our great friends over at Cheers to Comics and, of course, our guy Ryan, a.k.a. New Guy, Always doing something, breaking down everything that's going on in indie comics. So this one definitely had a lot of stuff going on and definitely just kind of a little behind the scenes. So just kind of want to touch upon it briefly. 
Uh, yeah, so the description of this reads, uh, Christina Harrington, a managing editor at Aftershocks Comics, uh, James Hike, uh, president from at Scout Comics, Joshua Starnes, a uh, publisher from Red 5 Comics, and Travis uh, McIntyre, from CEO uh, at Source Point Press, discuss how independent comic publishers have been affected by the pandemic-related changes to the comic industry and showcase their fantastic new books coming out this year. Yeah, so this is definitely a, a cool behind-the-scenes, and obviously indie comics are always something worth checking out as well, too. I know we always talk a little bit more about Marvel and DC, but there is some great independent comic lines out right now. Uh, we, I always am hearing about the greatness of Scout Comics. I mean, like I say, if you listen to Brian at Cheers to Comics, and you should if you listen to the ODPH, like I say, that's podcast family right there. You know, Brian is always, 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 always talking about how great Scout Comics are. Definitely a cool behind the scenes for them. Aftershock as well. And like I said, I'm interested to learn about everything that's been going on because obviously hearing from their point of view about running during the COVID era is going to be something definitely interesting to check out. And also kind of touching upon the indie comic vibe. One of the most iconic indie comic companies, Mm -hmm. in my opinion is Dark Horse Comics. Yeah. And it is mind-blowing to me that we're at 35 years. I know, crazy. Holy shit. But we are now 35 years of Dark Horse Comics, past and present. Yeah, so uh, the description reads, 2021 is Dark Horse Comics' 35th anniversary of building characters and bringing stories to life. Join Karen Berger uh, from Burger Books, DC's Vertigo, uh, Colin Bunn from Harrow uh, County, Lucky Devil. Yeah. Christopher Golden from Lady Baltimore, The Golem, Hellboy, and the BRPD. Uh, or excuse me, BPRD. Uh, Faith Aaron Hicks from Avatar The Last Airbender uh, and Pumpkinheads. Uh, and Roy Okupe uh, from Unique Studios uh, as we discuss what the future holds for the, one of the industry's leading publishers. Yeah. The Lucky Devil title always gets me. That's what I was like. I had a good chuckle. Yeah. Because obviously... If you listen to the ODPH and you read Parlay Points, you know how much I'm a huge Cullen Bunn fan of his work on Shadow Man by Valiant Comics right now. But just to hear about everything going on at Dark Horse, I almost said DC, but man, Dark Horse has been absolutely crushing it over the years. And like I say, this blows my mind that they got to 35 years. I'm so ecstatic about it because when I got into comics, they had always just been around. So it's always just been a staple with me when we talk about Marvel and DC, and then you go to the other comic companies like Image, Valiant, Dark Horse. It was always in the same conversation. Mm -hmm. And to see them now still kicking strong, kicking ass, and doing amazing work, I mean, kudos for this. And I'm I'm super excited to check this panel out. As a longtime comic reader, this is right up my alley. But also at 6 p.m., there's one panel I know Pad is dying to talk about. Uh Uh-huh. So, Pat, I'll just let you jump into it. Uh, so this is titled Batman The Long Halloween Part 2. Uh, and the description reads, Warner Brothers Home Entertainment, DC, and Warner Brothers Animation continue their traditional DC Universe movies appearance at Comic-Con uh, with a star-studded panel discussing the most anticipated animated superhero release of the year, Batman The Long Halloween. Inspired by the iconic mid-1990s DC story from Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale, Batman The Long Halloween Part 2 completes the two-film journey as the holiday killer is still at large and, with Bruce Wayne under the spell of the venomous poison ivy, Batman is nowhere to be found. Liberated by an, un- an unlikely ally, Bruce uh, quickly uncovers the real culprit, Poison Ivy's employer, Carmine Falcone. 
the Roman, his ranks decimated by holiday and his business uh, spinning out of control, has been forced to bring on less desirable partners. Gotham City's rogues gallery. In the meantime, Harvey Dent is confronting battles on two fronts, attempting to end the mob war while also dealing with a strained marriage. And after an attack that leaves Harvey hideously disfigured, the district attorney unleashes the duality of his of this, his psyche uh, that he strived his entire life to suppress. Now, as Two-Face, Dent decides to take the law into his own hands and deliver judgment to those who've wronged him, his family, and all of Gotham. Ultimately, the Dark Knight must put together uh, the tragic pieces that converged to create Two-Face, the Holiday Killer, Batman, and Gotham City uh, itself. Watch as the panelists discuss the thrilling conclusion to this epic tale, including Jensen Eccles, who is playing uh, Batman slash Bruce Wayne, uh, Katie Sackhoff, who you might have heard of, uh, as Poison Ivy. Uh, Julie Nathanson, who is uh, playing uh, Gilda Dent. And Troy Baker as the Joker. Uh, and it also involves screenwriter uh, Tim Sheridan. Uh, and then actress slash host uh, Tiffany Smith uh, is moderating. So yeah. I am super excited for this. Super stacked lineup for arguably one of, if not the greatest, Batman stories of all time. And part one so good. Yeah, they have really knocked it out of the park with this project. So to see part two, and like I say, it has to be done in two parts. It is fantastic. The comic itself is just iconic. There's going to be so much of that influencing on the new Matt Reeves film coming out next year. If you're not on board with The Long Halloween, get on board ASAP. It is much needed, and like I say, I can't stress that enough. At 6 p.m. as well on the East Coast, too. Kevin Eastman's doing a little panel, so we definitely want to talk about that. Just made it, uh, an interview with our guy Brian, too, speaking of Cheers to Comics. Yeah, so uh, the description reads, Kevin Eastman will talk The Last Ronin, Drawing Blood, and other Cassie Ke- yep. uh, projects. Uh, guest panelists will include artist Ben Bishop and writer David uh, Avalon. Yeah, so this one is definitely going to be something, obviously, Kevin Eastman has been crushing it. I mean, The Last Ronin, if you're a TMNT fan... You need to have read, and definitely we can discuss that anytime you want at OD Parlay Hour. So this one is definitely going to be a fun one to check out. I'm super excited for it. Like I said, and especially I'm giving another plug. Like a guy, Brian, has been killing it lately with the interviews too. So he just did the one with uh, Kevin Eastman, so definitely you want to check that out as well. Jumping into the 7 o'clock hour, because it's so crazy. Like we have not, we just kind of touched upon the tip of the iceberg. They're going to be running until about 9 o'clock too on the panels on this one, so definitely a lot going on. Have you been checking out anything about Fear Street on Netflix, Pad? Nope. So I know a lot of our podcast friends are definitely talking about this, so definitely we got to mention about Netflix Geek Fear Street Trilogy. Yeah, so uh, the panel description on this reads, All roads lead to Fear Street. In this exclusive first panel, together since the release of the films, join Fear Street director Lee Janik, uh, cast members Kiana Madera, Olivia Scott Welch, Benjamin Flores Jr., and Fear Street author R.L. Stein, and celebrate the epic trilogy by hearing uh, hearing all the behind-the-scenes details uh, on how they made the films and, and what it's really like for R.L. Stein to see his vision turned into a blood-splattering splat- epic. Like I say, I definitely want to check this out. Uh, I do not know too much about it, but I know we have a lot of our fellow podcast uh, fam talking about this. I, I don't do horror, so this is a hard pass for me. Yeah, this is going to be something I know the guys over at Horizon 607 are going to be jumping into. I know that there's a lot of horror projects going on this weekend, 
So definitely, if you're a horror fan, you're going to find something to check out at San Diego Comic-Con at home. And this is going to be something right up the alley. I know that Rick and Morty is also a big property at this event, so you know fans are definitely going to want to talk about that as well. Oh, yeah. So uh, description of this is Relive the Best of Season 5 with Dan Harmon, co-creator and and executive producer, Scott Martyr, showrunner and executive producer, Chris Parnell, the voice of Jerry, uh, Sarah Chalk, the voice of Beth, Spencer Grammer, the voice of Summer, Brandon Johnson, moderator, and special guests get answers to all of your Rick and Morty questions like, Who is Mr. Nimbus? Does Beth floss? And what are decoys? Watch all new episodes of Rick and Morty Sundays at 11 p.m. Eastern slash Pacific time only on Adult Swim. You know, Rick and Morty have taken over pop culture in their own right, too. Uh-huh. So you know there is going to be a lot of eyes on this one. And rightfully so. I mean, they have definitely been doing a lot of great work with this Just, show. just take a pause on it, Dan Harmon, long enough to do the community movie. That's yeah. all I'm asking. That's all we're asking about, too. So hopefully somebody asks him about that, too, as well there. Yeah. I know. Finger crossed. We're crossing over. But hey, it happens. 7 o'clock, though. Eastern Standard Time. Mm-hmm. One man is going to have his own panel. With an open mic. Yep. So you know. You know this. He's going to say something. Todd McFarlane is in the house. Uh huh. Break it down for us, Pat. Uh, so the t- uh, panel is titled Tom- Todd McFarlane Takes Over the Universe. Uh, the description reads Todd McFarlane, Image, cr- Image Comics founder, creator of Spawn, and McFarlane Toys CEO, joins his special guests for an insider look at 2021, the year of Spawn. In June 2021, McFarlane's Spawn Universe number one shattered a record for Image Comics' top best-selling first-issue comic of the 21st century. McFarlane will be telling stories, sharing exclusive details on his latest entertainment projects, toy lines, and his newest comic titles, uh, title and spinoffs that are on track to set comic book record-breaking sales. You know, it is absolutely wild that Spawn is still rocking and rolling. I mean, he's he's had that like cult following with comic fans, that, a la Punisher with with comic fans. Like you always see at least one person a week wearing just that plain black and white Punisher T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Same for Spawn. Yeah, it's just something that we always have to remember. When I mean, obviously, to go through the history of Todd McFarlane would be a whole other topic and a whole other great podcast to do at some point. But to see what his legacy has been left, I mean, obviously doing work with Batman, and as Spider-Man is one of the most legendary Spider-Man runs of all time. And when he left to go form Image Comics with the rest of the creators and Spawn hit the racks, I remember being at my local comic shop picking it up, and nobody really knew what to expect from this book, and holy shit, it was something to check out. And to see now that we had a major motion picture come out, obviously, in the late 90s, early 2K range. A date escapes me at the moment. Right. And to see how that has transcended and still been rocking and rolling while still keeping that indie vibe to the book, too. It's truly astonishing. And obviously, Todd McFarlane definitely is going to have a lot to say. Hoping to hear more about the new movie coming out because I know that that's in the works. We also hear a lot about Sam and Twitch getting their own TV show. Obviously, the toy line is going to be something. So there is a lot of stuff to be excited about if you are a Spawn fan or Todd McFarlane fan. And trust us, he has a lot to say at these shows, and they're always worth checking out. Like, I am just, I'm a big fan of him. And the documentary, like, Hell I Won't, on the ran on Sci-Fi, was fantastic. Like, I, I, I cannot stress enough. If you really want to get into the mind of one of the best creators of comics, period, this is a definite must-watch. There's so much going on on Friday. Like I say, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. There was one that really caught my eye, and 
Not so strange bedfellows, Pad, because when you start talking about pro wrestling and comics, yeah. this is something we talk about on the ODPH all the time. Yeah. This is right up our alley. Uh, so, yeah, the description of this reads, Some have the, called the spectacle of pro wrestling, a, quote, a comic book come to life. That is not far from the truth. From the heroics of Hulk Hogan to the anti-heroics of Stone Cold Steve Austin and the villainy of Ric Flair, this panel explores the parallels and in character development and storyline advancement between these outrageous forms. Featuring uh, Rick Offenberger from First Comics News, Francis uh, Sinskowski from The Massacre Twins, uh, Flobo Boyce from The Incredible Silver Streak, Anthony Ray Bench from Film Threat, R.C. Samo from FanboyNation.com, and Kevin Kimrock from Masked Republic. Yeah, so definitely you know pro wrestling and comics, there's a lot of symmetry there. And we always say like the heels and faces are super villains and superheroes brought to between the squared circle ropes. This is going to be something definitely I'm intrigued about. I think that they have a lot to work with here and definitely to really see the parallels. Like I say, it's so similar. If you're a fan of both genres, you're definitely going to want to check that out. So much going on, but capping off the evening, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Dare I say, the highest award you can get in the comic industry, Pat. Mm -hmm. Break it down for us. Uh, that is the Comicsology presents the 33rd annual Will Eisner Indi Comic Will Eisner Comic Industry Awards. Yes, these are literally, as the description on comic-con.org says. The Oscars of the comic industry honors comic creators and their works in 33 categories, including the Will Eisner Hall of Fame. Your host for the evening is one Phil Lamar. Sold. Yes. Uh, the voice actor, comedian, and obviously known for his legendary roles on the animated series for being Green Lantern, John Stewart, and Ed Reese in Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. Yep. I mean, the list goes on and on. Armies and Futurama, Samurai Jack and Samurai Jack. Yeah, I mean, it goes on and on and on. Sergio Anagones. Uh, is going to be this year's Hall of Fame recipient. All right. So apologize if I butchered the name. And there is going to be so much to check out. Like I say, this is the Oscars of comics. And we take these awards very seriously because when you get an Eisner, that means you are at the top of the game. And to cover the the genres of comic books, I mean, this is just a fantastic thing to be involved with. And to be nominated as, as one thing and to win one is truly a, another one. So, Pad, I mean, we gave three days worth. So far, mm -hmm. anything really jumping out at you? Like, okay, this is my my go-to if I got to watch one panel. Dragon Ball Super. Uh, I'm super excited for that next movie. I'm sure there's probably rumors and spoilers out there for what it's going to be about, but I have not seen those. I have deliberately avoided those. Uh, so I'm excited to find out any news about uh, that new movie. I'll be honest, man. I, I have got a couple that are really jumping out at me. Uh, Heels. I'm definitely excited to see what Stephen Amell has lined up for his new post-Arrow project. Obviously, pro wrestling involved. It's a must. I also really want to check out the X-Men panel because I'm a big fan of the books. I mean, same thing with Batman Fear State. That's something that I have definitely lined up as well. And, like, honestly, you can take your pick from the 35 years of Dark Horse Comics, uh, Todd McFarlane talking. There's just so much to choose from. Like, I can't even Long Halloween Part 2. There is a lot to really enjoy about Friday. Like, and going on the early panel look... This is the one that's really jumping out at me. So definitely we are going to get a quick breakout before we dive into Saturday and Sunday at New York Comic Con. But we gave you everything going on starting Wednesday, July 21st. And that kicks off with Snake Eyes. I mean, that panel is going to be exciting as well, too. We gave everything going on Thursday and Friday, July 23rd. So you seriously, 
There is so much going on. If we missed a panel that you want to talk about, let's talk about it. You can hit us up on social media. You can find all our accounts at odphpodcast.com, and we'll definitely interact with you. What is your panel that is your must-watch from San Diego Comic-Con at home? Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, let us know. We're going to take a quick break. More information, obviously check out comic-con.org. We'll be right back on the ODPH Podcast. Good morning. Brian Wayne here to tell you about my new podcast, The Real Brains. The Real Brains Podcast is a show coming out daily dedicated to the everyday struggle of just the average human being. From troubles with rage to uh, anecdotes about uh, very strange human interactions, this podcast really is just a... uh, somebody that's all too familiar with the struggle i'm here to let you know that you are not alone so come laugh at uh our pain together every single weekday every place you can catch a podcast check out the real brains with brian wayne remember stay sane coming back on this edition of the odph podcast where we are giving you our san diego comic-con at home preview Mm -hmm. the 51st edition is going to be online and for all the information you need swing on over to comic-con.org we talked last segment about wednesday thursday friday but there's still two more days left so let us kick off saturday july 24th 1 p.m eastern standard time with one panel that i know is close to pad's heart yeah HBO Max and Warner Brothers Animation presents Looney Tune Cartoons. Yeah, so the description of this reads, There's more, folks. Looney Tunes Cartoons continues to captivate a new generation of fans with over 400 minutes of Looney mayhem, and there's much more to come. Moderated by voice cast member Eric uh, Bauza, who voices Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, Tweety, and Marvin the Martian, uh, join Pete Braungart, executive producer, Aaron Spurgon, art director, Alex Kerwan, supervising producer, Carolyn Director, who's a storyboard artist, and uh, Kika Yamaguchi, who's an assistant art director, for a panel discussion to find out what's next for Bugs, Daffy, and the rest of your favorite tunes. Well, you know Pat is locked and loaded about this one. Yeah, I still got to check that out. Uh, It's it's on my list. Well, I'm telling you, like HBO Max is really taking advantage of the lack of Marvel and DC here. They've got a stacked lineup throughout the weekend. Yeah. And they're definitely bringing the heavy hitters, which I like to see. I mean, we don't have, like I said, the DC shows that are coming to HBO Max. I was surprised we didn't hear anything about that just yet because there's been some slow casting coming out about that. Yeah. But to see what we have going on here, definitely excited about and then we go quickly to the art of IDW at 1 p.m. Yeah, so this reads, uh, watch as fan-favorite IDW artists collaborate on a unique, one-of-a-kind SDCC 2021 exclusive piece of art right in front of your eyes. IDW hosts uh, writer Sam Maggs and director of talent relations uh, Joe Hughes interview six artists while they create a unique piece of art. Join our incredible artists, Bacardi Curry from Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, Brenda Hickey from My Little Pony, Jody Nishijima from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and Levo Ramondelli uh, from Transformers, uh, Alan Robert from Beauty of Horror, and Drew Zucker from Kanto to see art in action. I am particularly a fan of Levo uh, Ramondelli. I bought art from him at New York Comic Con. He does fantastic work. Definitely something to check out. Like I said, IDW is coming with it. And that just sounds like such a unique panel, too. Yeah. So I'm definitely intrigued about that. But let us jump to 2 o'clock. Okay. And you believe season 33 of The Simpsons. Yeah. Wow. It's insane. Break it down for us. So, yeah, description of this reads, Matt Selman, Al Jean, David Silverman, Carolyn Omine, 
Mike B. Anderson, Debbie Mahan, and moderator Yardley Smith uh, give you an exclusive sneak preview of Season 33. A panel of animators, writers, and special surprise guests will answer your questions, tell behind-the-scenes stories, and reveal the secrets of the Springfield Cinematic Universe. Okay, that that last part, Springfield Cinematic Universe. Looks like they have done a movie. I, I know, but I'm just like, wait, 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 wait. Are, are we going to now go Marvel? Like, intrigued. And like yeah. I say, it, it's it's so crazy to me. Like, I, I know I'm feeling my age right now as I'm yeah. recording. But 33 years, I mean, hell, I remember it was on the Tracy Allman show. Yeah. The backup. And now, I mean, 33 years later, it is defined pop culture. How they predict the future, I don't know. It's a scary thing. Because the creator's a goddamn time traveler. You can't tell me otherwise. Yeah, it's absolutely freaking Go wild. look up. The, there's a video online of like somebody breaking down like all of the stuff they've predicted. You, at this point, it's more than a coincidence. Yeah, it's absolutely insane. Like, I, I can't wrap my head around it. I just, just nod my head and I'm like, damn, I really need to start watching this. But there is a panel at 2 o'clock, though, that is screaming Padawan Jay, if I've ever heard something scream it. And Coach Duffy. Yes, break it down for us. Uh, so the panel is Truth, Justice, and a Better DC Universe, A New Future for the Man of Steel. Uh, and the description reads, DC Editor-in-Chief uh, Marie Javins leads a super discussion with the super talented, multiple Eisner Award-nominated writers Tom Taylor, uh, who's working on Superman, Son of Kal-El, uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson, who's working on Action Comics, and Grant Morrison, who's working on Superman and the Authority. Uh, Say tuned for that preview in the comics picks. Yeah. Uh, fans of both Clark and John Kent won't want to miss this one. Obviously a lot to digest with this, but, man, you've got a stacked lineup for this panel. And if you are a fan of Superman, this is a must-watch. Uh-huh, especially for Grant Morrison talking the uh, Superman and the Authority, which issue number one comes out this week. Uh, I will save the preview for that for my comic picks because I read the preview for that last night, and I went, holy fuck, this is wild. Well, you know, And I'm in for it. You know it's Grant. Uh-huh. And anytime, like I say, my thing is I love Grant Morrison's writing. I always get very puzzled by the ends. Sure. The endings, I, I like I just I think they go off in such a different direction. They they usually don't click with me. Oh sure. But everything he's done, man, and like from I, I can't even get into the amount of oh, work yeah. he's done. Like like I said, I was reading through, you know, what I was gonna pick up this week and I saw that and I'm like, Oh Grant Morrison, okay, this is gonna be wild. I read the description, I got through maybe two sentences and went, Oh holy fuck I'm in. Yeah. So it's definitely something to check out. Like I said, him and Tom Taylor you had me sold alone and then Philip Kennedy Johnson's <laughs> seriously lock yeah. and loaded for the YouTube channel because I'm definitely excited to see about that. Let let's jump though a little bit to three o'clock. Mm-hmm. And there is a Comixology Originals conversation. So with Mark Burnett and Jacques. Yeah, so the description of this is TV and comic book writer and podcaster uh, Mark Bernadin and New York Times bestselling British artist Jacques as they discuss their experiences in the comic industry and working in television and film. Mark uh, Bernadin has written for hit television shows like Carnival Row and Castle Rock. He has also written uh, comics for Image, Marvel, DC, and Comixology, originals, graphic novels, uh, Adora, and The Distance. Uh, Jock is best known for his comics work and writer Andy Diggle on DC slash Vertigo's The Losers. Uh, The award-winning Batman the Black Mirror, Witches with a Y, Mm -hmm. uh, and writer Scott Snyder, and is the artist on the Comixology original series Snow Angels. Jock has also produced key art and concept design for films including Dread, Annihilation, Star Wars The Last Jedi, and Oscar award-winning Ex Machina. I love Jock's work, and I cannot wait to check this one out. And seriously, 
If you have never read Bl- Batman the Black Mirror, oh my god, it's good. It's so good. Uh, like, I could raven on and on about this. Losers is fantastic, too. So, this is something, definitely, definitely like, those one-on-one panels. Mm-hmm. I'm always a huge fan of that. Like I say, you know, from the Cup of Joe series that we've had in New York. And, I mean, obviously, last year with Chris Claremont having the one-on-one. Yeah. That was a fantastic panel, too. This is just something that if you really want to deep dive into a mind of a creator, this is going to be something to check out. So, I am amped up for this. But let's go down a little bit. We have a first from the Disney Television Animation at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Yeah, so this is Disney Television Animation, Amphibia, and the Owl House, uh, which reads, uh, The creative teams of Disney Channel's Amphibia and the Owl House uh, share what's coming up and present an exclusive crossover with a table read from stars of each series. Creators slash executive producers Matt Brawley from Amphibia and Dana Therese uh, from the Owl House and art director Ricky Cometa Com- uh, will be joining joined on the panel by Amphibia stars Brenda Song, Justin uh, Felbinger, uh, Bill Farmar, uh, Amanda Leeton, and the, the Owl House stars uh, Wendy Malik, Sarah Nicole Robles, and uh, May Whitman, uh, moderated by Doug Benson, who's an executive director, current series, uh, Disney Television Animation. Yeah, so this is something definitely checking out. I mean, obviously, Disney Animation. Yeah, I would say a couple of Disney stables, too. Brenda Song, longtime uh, Disney Channel uh, actress. Uh, and then Bill uh, Bill Farmer, who you may not know the name, but if I give you a yuck, you know who he voices. Yes. So this is definitely something to check out if you're into Disney Animation. I know, Pad, this is right up your alley. Yeah, so I might say it. Yeah, this is going to be something definitely worth checking out. But once again, a recurring theme is popping on, but this is like the weirdest amalgam that could cross my mind. 3 p.m., Eastern Standard Time. Mm-hmm. Rick and Morty versus Dungeons and Dragons uh, this, campaign. This, this is right up their alley. Uh, it says, grab your D20s and let's get ready to roll. Join Satine Phoenix uh, from Sirens Battle of the Bards. Jim Zub from Rick and Morty. Troy Little from Rick and Morty. Fred Van Lent from Incredible Hercules and Marvel Zombies. Uh, and Oni Press editor Robert Myers as they dive into a campaign that could only come from the mind of Rick Sanchez. Jim Zub as Dungeon Master and Satine Phoenix as Moderator. This is going to be wild as hell. Uh-huh. So if you're looking for something that is going to be left to center, like this is going to be absolutely batshit crazy. I definitely want to check this out. It's going to be wild. It's going to be so left field. It might be coming in on right field. Yeah, like I just want to say, like I love seeing something weird and different. This is on my alley. So I definitely want to check it out. Albeit, though, it's got some stiff competition because yep. behind them... At 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time still, the one and only Robert Kirkman at home. Yeah, so creator Robert Kirkman of The Walking Dead, Invincible, Die, 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 answers fan questions on his comic book titles, film and TV adaptations, and more. Yeah. So, obviously, there's going to be a lot to talk about Walking Dead-wise. Invincible has blown up. Yeah. That if you weren't familiar with it now... Oh, trust us, it is now part of your daily discussion. If you go to any comic Discord, it comes in there every single day. So you know Kirkman is definitely going to have a lot to say, so this is going to be a must-watch, too. He's kind of approaching that Todd McFarlane level. You just don't know what he's going to say, so definitely worth checking out as well. Yeah. Going to 4 p.m., though, Mm -hmm. 55 years of Star Trek, boldly going... The best of inglorious Trek spurts. Yeah, so the the hosts of the addictive star, hit Star Trek podcast, Inglorious Trek spurts, uh, Mark A. Altman 
and Darren uh, Dokterman uh, return to San Diego Comic-Con with an epic lineup of some of their favorite guests, including Anson Mount uh, from Strange New Worlds, Nicholas Myers from Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, Michael Dorn uh, from Star Trek The Next Generation and DS, not Star Trek DS9, uh, Jeffrey Coombs from D Space Nine and Enterprise, uh, Brandon Braga from First Contact and Enterprise, Robin Curtis from Star Trek Three. Brian Fuller from Voyager and Hannibal, uh, and Aaron Gray from Buck Rogers, uh, Battle and Battle of the Network Stars, and other special surprise Trek guests galore. So if you are into Star Trek, this is a must-watch. I'm just saying, this has got such a lineup that you can't beat it. And like I say, 55 years of Star Trek? Yeah, crazy. <sighs> Man, time is, time is just moving way, 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 way too fast. But... Super excited to check this one out too, just just to find the All Star cast and hear their yeah. their fandom get brought up. But I'm sorry, you know, the minute you read this on the panel list, 4 p.m., I think you know where I'm going with this one, Pat. Uh, you're going to get a drink because you'll be bored by that point. Uh-huh. Uh, this is moderated by Chris Hardwick, and it is the Fear the Walking Dead panel. Let's fucking go. Uh, the, dis- the sixth season of Fear the Walking Dead ended with a bang, literally, as Teddy brought about his vision of the end, where he detonated a nuclear warheads across the Texas landscape. Join Chief Content Officer of the Walking Dead universe, Scott M. Gimple, showrunners Andrew Chambliss and Ian Goldberg, and cast members uh, Lenny James, uh, Alicia Debnam Carey, uh, Coleman Domingo, Denai Garcia, uh, Jenna Elfman, Karen David, Mo Collins, and Christine uh, Evangelista uh, for a panel discussion about what's to come in Season 7 as the survivors will decide what the beginning will look like, uh, adapting to a deadly new environment where the air they breathe is as deadly as the walkers they encounter. Uh, the Q&A discussion will feature fan questions, behind-the-scenes insights from the set, and an exclusive first look at the new season of Fear the Walking Dead coming this fall. Okay, so one, <laughs> yeah, you know I'm watching this one. This is no- are you though? I don't think you're. I don't think you care. Oh, this. Let me tell you the power of a panel. I have said this in previous episodes, but I'm just going to remind everybody. I tuned out from Fear the Walking Dead during the middle of season two. I don't take any shame in saying that it was just not my cup of Java. I really did not like it. I was hoping the family all got eaten. I just I tuned out. Just it wasn't connecting. I took off for a while, and then I heard about how Lenny James had been added to the cast from the flagship show. Checked it out. was like, okay, this is kind of cool. Going to give it some time. And obviously got a little sidetracked. I caught the panel at New York Comic Con, and I was absolutely blown away by the footage I saw. I was like, okay, they were very excited, and they did it in an anthology style, and it was kind of just a new take that I was going, okay, this really feels like a horror zombie show okay well it's a lot better than what i've seen on the regular flagship show sorry that's my opinion man was i ever glad i watched that panel because i watched the show i was like okay this is absolutely nuts let's go and then i've been watching ever since and they have gotten so good and the one thing i can't stress enough is they take chances They don't play it safe on this show. They're killing off major characters. Hell, they fired a damn nuclear warhead Mm -hmm. at the end of the season. Zombie apocalypse meets Fallout. Yeah. I mean, the game. Like, you can't get any more crazy than this. And just to see how this is all playing out, 
this is wild. This is what you want from a zombie apocalypse show. This is the this is the Walking Dead show I want. And I was like, I cannot recommend this enough. I'm telling people, watch it now. Because when they start up in the season again, damn, it's going to be must-watch TV. And I can't stress enough, the writing is on point. I know we have writers that do listen to the show and know I'm not placating to them. I'm not trying to kiss up. I'm being just honest as a fan. The writing is so on point because they're taking chances, Pad. They're not afraid to kill major characters. Yeah. That's the big thing with The Walking Dead. Remember when it first started out and they're killing off yeah. people left and right? And like, if you knew the comics, you had an idea, sure. But then it's like when we got away from it because, in my opinion, the pendulum swung the other way when Negan killed off Abraham and Glenn. And fans really saw how the comic was. And a lot of mainstream people got very upset about it and, and tuned out in a little bit, in my opinion. But this show has captured that essence where they're not afraid to do something and they just do it because it makes sense for the story. They have done it. The acting on this show is so damn good. I can't stress it enough. Lenny James is absolutely just crushing it in this. Coleman Domingo is playing off him very well. The rest of the cast is stepping up. And like I say, for everything they did last season, this is a must-watch. This is like my pick to click for, if I can use that statement, for Saturday. Like, I'm just, I'm so locked in for this, it's not even funny. But this is like my number one right now. But as we go through the day, we're going to find out more. Yeah. So definitely, you know I got a lot to say. We do have more Walking Dead panels coming on this day as well. But I want to give a, just a quick shout-out again. 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we have a Magic the Gathering panel. Mm-hmm. So very quickly about it, head designer Mark Rosenwater talks D&D adventures in the Forgotten Realms, lead designer Jules Robbins, to hear the behind-the-scenes stories about Magic the Gathering's first Dungeons & dragons theme set. Yeah, this is a wild matchup if you think about it. Just like Magic the Gathering and Dungeons & Dragons, Kind of the same thing, but separate. Now they're coming together. It's like a collision of worlds. Yeah, if you want to deep dive a little bit more about this, our guys over at 3FN, 3 Fat Nerds Podcast, do talk about this, and they can very much break this down for you. But just to keep that overall theme of RPGs going on and just how this has taken off, I mean, I know Magic Gathering is a little different, but bringing in that D&D vibe to it as well, I mean, this is kind of where the gaming area is about ready to blow up. So if you're not on board now, get on board. But there is also another panel here, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, that definitely caught my eye, Mm -hmm. and I think it caught Pad's eye too. Because, Pad, did you know NBA players are anime fans too? Uh, No, I had no idea. Break it down. Uh, So the description of this is Austin Osuke, publisher of Ego Manga, moderates a panel with NBA star De'Aaron Fox, who's a point guard for the Sacramento Kings, agent Chris Gaston, uh, who's CEO of Family First Sports Firm, uh, and writer Natasha McGough-Clark, uh, writer of Swip- Swipea the Fox. Uh, together they discuss Fox's fandom for anime, manga, and how it intertwines with his basketball career. Pro basketball manager turned comic writer uh, Andy Ikekor mm-hmm. uh, from Swipea the Fox also discusses the fundamentals of writing comics centered around sports. So when I read this panel, I was like, okay, this is interesting. So seeing the collision of worlds is going to be something interesting to watch. And and I did not know De'Aaron Fox was that big into anime. Neither did I. So I'm definitely intrigued by this panel. See, this is one cool thing about Comic-Cons is there's something for everybody. And then when you think, like, okay, the sports world can't really connect to 
a genre like anime, we're going to find out how it does. So this is going to be something definitely to check out. Like you say, I like to see stuff that's different. This is up my alley. So I definitely want to check it out. But as we stroll on to 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Black Panther Tales of Wakanda pad. Uh, yeah, so editor Jesse J. Holland, uh, also a C-SPAN host, and some of the all-star authors of Titan Books' groundbreaking fiction anthology series, Black Panther Tales of Wakanda, uh, a spectacular study of one of Marvel's most beloved characters seen through the eyes of Jesse's hand-picked line of, lineup of writers, all of whom share African heritage. Tune in as Jesse talks to authors uh, Tenerive Duye, Cherie Renee, Renee Thomas, and Caldwell Turnbull, uh, about their contributions to this fantastic anthology. This just sounds like such a cool concept and what they're doing. I am just very, very interested to check out what is going on with this and just to hear about how this anthology is going to go. So, I, like I said, this is just something completely new to me, so I am excited to check it out. So definitely mark this down for Saturday because this is going to be a must-watch, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, very quickly, Dark Knight's Death Metal, the soundtrack. They're so- doing a goddamn soundtrack. Oh, yeah, they do. And, and, it, and it's in record form. It's crazy. So this is going to be something I am interested about. I mean, obviously, you, you know my love affair with Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. Uh-huh. So we don't even need to get into that. They're going to be involved in this. And just to hear who's on the soundtrack and the behind the scenes. And who's working on the goddamn thing. Uh, so it reads, Discover the secret origin of the original soundtrack executive produced by Tyler Bates from the John Wick franchise, inspired by DC's best-selling uh, Dark Knight's death metal comics and graphic novels by Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo, featuring panelists Scott Snyder, Tyler Bates, singer-songwriter Chelsea Wolfe, and Mastodon drummer uh, Bran Daler, moderated by... Arsenio Hall from Two Minutes uh, to Late Night. Yeah. Like, the fact that they're giving a soundtrack to a comic book is just wild. Absolutely. I mean, I'm a huge Rise Against fan. If you have been noticing ODPH social media, I like to play their music a lot um, and, and mention a lot about them because I think they're a fantastic band. They had one of their songs on this, Broken Dreams Incorporated, which I saw the, the I guess, short for it, and I was like, holy crap, this is awesome. So this is going to be something I definitely want to check out, and you know, like, let's go with this. So definitely something worthwhile to check. I know that there is another Walking Dead panel at 5 p.m. as well. Yep, from and, Worlds Beyond. Yeah, which, I mean, Pat, what is your take on Worlds Beyond? I mean, I watched maybe two episodes and dipped out. Yeah, it's it's not really connecting with me as well. I probably will check this panel out um, just because, obviously, there's so much hype behind this. I believe this is going to be the big prequel yeah. to... Um, the Rick Grimes movie. Thank you. Yes. He's been gone so long I forgot about him. Yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of interesting to see about that. So definitely worthwhile to check. And, uh, you know, like I said, Worlds Beyond, maybe they'll win me over. I don't know. Like, I tuned out. I just I couldn't. I just could not get into it. I, like, I really gave it a shot. But, like I said, the panels, maybe they'll wow me with something. Maybe the, you know, because sometimes when you get the cast together and they get so animated about it. Yeah. You know, there'll be something. But, like I say, I, it's going to be tough with the Dark Knight's Metal going on. Like I say, that that one is kind of locked in for me because, like I say, using the music that Instagram and TikTok allows you to play, yeah. I, I should emphasize that. I'm always a big Rise Against fan, so to see what else is on the soundtrack, I definitely am. But like I say, I will check this panel out as well because there's going to be something going on because it's 6 o'clock, though. Mm-hmm. I, have to, I have to clear the palette a little bit. Netflix Geeked is back with The Last Mercenary. Good Lord. 
Pad, break this one down for us. Uh, get in on all the action as Jean-Claude Van Damme and director David uh, Sharon offer a peek inside the highly anticipated film The Last Mercenary, set to premiere globally July 30th on Netflix. In an explosive comeback, Jean-Claude Van Damme stars as Richard uh, Brumier, a.k.a. The, uh, the Mist, a former French Secret Service special agent turned mercenary who must urgently return to France when his estranged son is falsely accused of arms and drug trafficking by the government, following a blunder by an overzealous bureaucrat and a mafia operation. If he's not doing a split, I don't care. Yeah, this is Jean-Claude Van Damme. Like, I don't need much more. I'm like, I'm here. This is the first time hearing of this, and I'm like, you know, I'm going to check this out because there's going to be some wild-ass crap going on for this. So I definitely want to see what's happening here. So it's going to be kicking off my 6 o'clock hour. Also, have to give a quick shout-out. There is a podcasting 101. So, I mean, podcasters, we'd like to promote podcasting. So that is going to be something to check out as well. But also at 6 p.m., the Patrick Star Show? Yeah. So, Pad, you want to break this one down. Uh, so, yeah, this is light, says lights, camera, distraction. Patrick Starr is stepping into the limelight in the Patrick Starr Show, Nickelodeon's second spinoff of the number one animated series, SpongeBob SquarePants. During this exclusive panel, fans will discover a younger Patrick Starr living at home with his family, where he hosts his own variety show for the neighborhood from his television-turned-bedroom. Sit back and enjoy the, a table read of an episode and hear all about the brand new series uh, featuring voice actors Bill Fagerbeck uh, mm. as Patrick Starr, Tom Wilson as Cecil Starr, Cree Summer as Bunny Starr, Jill Tolley as uh, Sequita Starr, Dana Snyder as Grand Pat, and along with co-executive producers Vincent Walker, uh, Waller, excuse me, and Mark uh, Cicerelli, uh, welcome the show. Welcome to the show, moderated by uh, Tara Bennett. Yeah, so not sure how I feel about this. I, I was Nickelodeon, and I this might be due in part to the late great uh, creator of SpongeBob, uh, kind of keeping things close to the vest and not letting him do things for so long that like it was very limited. It was just kind of the main show. They do a couple of movies. You know, really did like I know Nickelodeon was really into crossovers with some of their shows for, mm. for a while in like the 2000s. Then SpongeBob never really did that. Ever since his untimely passing due to ALS, it was it, yeah. It just feels like they're really starting to milk this for all it's worth. I'm not sure how I feel about it. Yeah, I'm not the big SpongeBob SquarePants guy. I grew up on it just because it came out. The first uh, season came out when I was 10 years old. So I was like prime territory and I've rewatched some of those first few seasons just for nostalgia factors. And holy shit, it's, it's astounding. The amount, like half of the memes you see on the internet are from those first three seasons. Mm. It's astounding. The amount of stuff that came out of those first three seasons, but just, you know, it, it's so good. And it was so great early on. I haven't seen any of the newer stuff, so I'm not really going to pass judgment on it, but I'm just, it worries me that it goes from so little to now we're going to explode on it, that it almost feels like they might be, I don't want to say exploiting it, but just like getting it for all it's worth. Yeah. No, I kind of get those vibes. Cause like I say, I'm not the biggest one. I, I know my young nephew is sure. slowly sure. getting into it. So it's like, okay, but like I said, not my cup of Java, but it's interesting to see that they're doing a spinoff this late in the game. Yeah. So interesting to see about that. 6 p.m., though, I know a panel that we will both be checking out. Mm-hmm. The flagship show, The Walking Dead. Yeah, so the cast and creators of The Walking Dead will participate in a moderated Q&A discussion about filming the final season of the groundbreaking series, sharing behind-the-scenes anecdotes, information about the upcoming new episodes, and a first-look trailer for season 11. Yeah, so this will be an interesting panel to say the least yeah 
Because obviously we know season 11 is going to be the last of the flagship. Yep. A lot of expectations. They, about how, they say one more season, but it's like 24 episodes, so arguably it's two. Yeah, it's it's going to be drug out a long time. So I, I just want to kind of see what the vibe is going to be to go in with this, and it's going to be anybody's guess of how they wrap this up because we do know about Carol and Daryl is coming. So you know they're you would presume they're safe unless they're going to do some weird side story. Sure. You know, a la Black Widow, where they'll just yeah, take a different maybe, time period. Maybe. Could happen. There's so, five years to explore uh, with that time jump. Yeah, so anybody's guess is there. So we'll have to wait and see. But longtime Walking Dead fans are going to check this out. You know they're going to have the cast on there. And hopefully we get some information going into season 11. Hopefully some more about that Rick Grimes movie. I legit forgot about him. It's That's been like been five years. Yeah, it's like. I'm, I'm probably exaggerating, but it feels like that. The luster has gone off on that. So I maybe we'll get some updates there, too. That's the kind of my takeaways from this. Or maybe they'll just say we're going to make Fear the Flagship show and, you know, I'll be right in the world. 6 p.m., though, there is a panel that, man, I remember when this comic dropped and it was absolutely wild to see Garth Ennis was going to Top Cow because that is a story that happened, Pat. Okay. And he was working with Mark Silvestri on a project that definitely stood out and was a badass project. That has now gone 25 years. I've never even heard of it. Holy sh... Dude, it is a wild comic. Um, It's a fun read, but it's Garth Ennis. So you know what you're getting, because Garth, Garth is great, but you know the kind of vibe he writes. Yeah. I'm a fan of it. So I was excited about this, but Top Cow panel, the 25 anniversary year of the darkness. Break it down. It has been 25 years since Top Cow Productions unleashed the medium's most prolific anti-hero indie franchises in the modern age at comic book stores worldwide. Uh, the Darkness. Don't miss Top Cow legends Mark Silvestri and Matt Hawkins, along with uh, Margette Bennett uh, and other surprise guests discussing their upcoming top secret projects. You don't want to miss this panel, especially if you're a Sarah Pizzeni and Jackie Estacado fan. Yeah, so you, if you're not familiar, he the Darkness is a character that spun out of Witchblade. Okay. So there is that kind of connection. It's kind of hard to explain unless you read the comic. The The book, though, like I said, it's fantastic. It's very dark. It's, it, like I say, the prolific anti-hero comment is spot on. You definitely get a lot of different vibes from it. I'm going to check it out because, I mean, I did read The Darkness when I was growing up. And, like I say, it is a wild, wild-ass ride. So, definitely excited to see what they're doing. Like I say, 25 years, man. Time. Slow down, will you? Speaking of which, 7 p.m. Yep. One of the longest shows going on. 20 seasons, I believe. Uh, yeah, my fa- one of my favorite shows. Break it down, Pat. Uh, so, that is Family Guy. Casts Seth MacFarlane, Alex Bornstein, Mila Kunis, Seth Green, Arif Zahir and executive producers Rich Appel and Alex Sulkin from Fox's hit animated comedy Family Guy celebrate 20 seasons of the series with a virtual trivia night. Watch our casts and producers compete against each other and see who knows the most about this iconic series. After, you'll see a special sneak peek at the hilarity and hijinks coming up in our 20th season premiering this fall on Fox. Man, 20 seasons? Uh Uh-huh, and with one cancellation. Yeah, 
Thank just, you, thank you, Adult Swim, for bringing them back. Yeah, this is just absolutely crazy to see the Family Guy. If you know the history, like Pat touched upon, they yeah. were canceled once and then they got brought back because yeah, they, uh, they got canceled once. The reruns got put up on Adult Swim, and the ratings were so high that it caused Fox to bring them back. Yeah, it's just absolutely crazy to see. And that's another thing we touched upon: the power of fandom. Yeah. The ratings showed that there was an audience that wanted it back. Yeah. So and and when you read into why they were canceled the first time around, understandably so. Yeah. Uh, but then they came back, and I know some people said, "Oh, they lost this episode." Dude, they're still as good as ever. They're like, there's some episodes that aren't as good as others, which happens with every show. But there are still some episodes that I look at, I'm watching, like, holy shit, I can't believe they're getting away with this. Yeah, just to see about how that show is done, and it's so smartly written too. Oh my god, yeah. That's the one thing that people don't get is it just takes the basic concepts of family life. And, I mean, goes in a lot of different directions. Yeah. But in the core essence, it's like a sitcom you would see yeah. in the 50s. Just yeah. a lot of different directions. It goes yeah. In. I mean, but 20 years, man. That's or 20 seasons. 20 seasons is just. Yeah. Especially in this day and age where mm-hmm. it struggles. A lot of shows struggle to make it five. Yeah. That now you're talking the 20th season. I mean, granted, animation's a different timeline, different sure. thing. Sure. I, I, we can talk variants all day, but we do. We'll, we'll take the week off of that. <laughs> But something definitely worth checking out. Also, checking out 7 p.m., we do talk Mortal Kombat on this show. Mm-hmm. And now we have Mortal Kombat Legends of the Battle of the Realms. Uh, yeah, so this is Warner Brothers Home Entertainment celebrates the exhilarating sequel to the 2020 hit Mortal Kombat Legends Scorpion's Revenge with an equally thrilling and hilarious panel featuring stars and filmmakers. The fate of the universe once again hangs in the balance as warriors come together for one final clash in Mortal Kombat Legends Battle of the Realms. In the film, which is based on one of the most popular video game franchises in history, our team of heroes is besieged by the enemy forces of Shao Kahn, forcing Raiden uh, and his group of warriors into a deal to uh, compete in a final mortal combat that will determine the fate of the realms. Now our heroes must travel to Outworld in order to defend Earthrealm, and simultaneously Scorpion must find the ancient uh, Kamidgu uh, before it's uh, used to resurrect the One Being, uh, which would mean certain destruction for of all things in the universe. Time is short and the stakes are high in this action-packed continuation of the Mortal Kombat uh, journey. Yeah, this is absolutely going to be a must watch for any Mortal Kombat fan. I mean, they're having a great resurgence right now, too. The, yeah. the movie came back yeah. well received. We do know about the uh, Kickstarter project, too, as well. By Joel McHale is Johnny Cage. Holy shit, that's weird. Yeah, like I say, there's so much going on with this. And like I said, Mortal Kombat's having this big resurgence, depending on what your fandom is. Definitely something worth checking out. Like I say, so much is happening now with that franchise out of nowhere, too. Uh-huh. It just kind of seems like everybody went away, and now it's coming back huge. 8 p.m., though, American Dad is having their panel as well. Yeah, so this is Ever Wondered How Your Favorite American Dad Episodes Get Made? Join Matt Weitzman as he walks you through the creation of an upcoming episode of the current season airing on TBS. You'll see a table read featuring stars Rachel McAdams, Wendy Shaw, Scott Grimes, and Dee Bradley Baker, followed by parts of the episode in the anim- animatic uh, and early stages of color. Uh, I know people don't really like American Dead as much as they do Family Guy, but it's funny in its own way. I still enjoy the hell out of it. Family Guy more so than American Dead, but American Dead's still good. Yeah, it's definitely interesting to see that that's still kicking around. And I mean, more power to it. Yeah. You know, I I never like seeing shows get canceled. Yeah. it's, it's something definitely worthwhile checking out. Yeah, uh, one jumping out to me, and this the title of this is just wild, and the description is even wilder. 7 p.m., this is Law, Judges on the Mandalorian. 
Bounty hunting is a complicated profession. That is why lawyers geeked out over all the legal issues in The Mandalorian. Can bounty hunters use lethal force? Is it murder to shoot a droid of, or destruction of property? Are former Imperials all, all war criminals? Find the legal answers to these questions and more in This is the Law, featuring Circuit Court Judge John B. Owens, who's on the ninth, U.S. Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, U.S. Magistrate Judge Stacy Beck, Beckerman, Judge Matthew Sicarino, who's on the New York State Supreme Court, uh, criminal term Brooklyn, and moderated by Neri Ellie from U.S. Courts, and Joshua Gilland, Greenan, Peter uh, Salander, and Lally, LLP. Uh, this is just wild, and it's going to answer a lot of questions I think a lot of people might have thought just in, in passing over the years. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's funny to me when you you see these kind of panels. Like, I think this is a very interesting panel. Like, like I'm not saying this yeah. is like a you know hysterical panel. But when you start thinking about the legal issues with like the Mandalorian or shows like that, like, and the fact that they're getting like the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals judge, like a U.S. magistrate judge, like actual not like local mom and pop uh, judges from like some random town, like no, these are actually pretty high up judges. Yeah, this is pretty high up the the, the legal ranks. So yeah, this is wild. Like I think I missed this the first time I read through. Good catch on this pad. This is just wow. To really kind of break that down, like the Star Wars legal, like I mean, yeah. how, do you, how do you define galaxy law? Like, yeah. man, that's an interesting one. That's gonna be something definitely worth checking out. 8 p.m. though, Netflix geek strikes again with yeah. Lucifer. I we we have some people on the show that really like the, sh- the mention Lucifer yeah. a lot. So speaking of the devil, Lucifer himself, Tom Ellis is will join executive producers Joel Henderson and Illy Mudarich. Mm-hmm. Uh, to share indie scoops on what is expected to be the sixth and final season of Lucifer. Yeah, I mean, it was crazy seeing him make his quick appearance in the Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yeah. So definitely something uh, worth checking out. I mean, if you're into Lucifer, which, like I said, we have a lot of the ODPH Society that is into that. Uh, really love the show. I have never caught it, uh, so I can't really give too much about sure. it. But I know, like I said, they have a very, very strong fan base for that. Let's jump, though, to 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And I believe it's Genlock Season 2. Holy pack. shit, finally. Uh, so the Season 2 of Genlock is coming to HBO Max sooner than you think. In this panel, the cast and crew dive into what you can expect in the new season and show off an exclusive first look at Episode 1, featuring executive producer and voice of Julian Chase, Michael B. Jordan, Dakota Fanning, and showrunner slash rewriter Daniel Dominguez, uh, moderated by Karma Horn. Uh, so yeah, this is season two of, from the show that was on Rooster Teeth originally, uh, with Michael B. Jordan, Dakota Fanning, Maisie Williams was also on it as well. And David Tennant, uh, just in a few fantastic season. Want to say it was like 2018, 2019 when Mm. season one came out. So it's been a while, but it's been in production season two moving to HBO max. I would imagine, uh, Genlock season one will be added to HBO max before season two is added. Otherwise people would be really confused, Yeah, but I'm definitely going to check this panel out. Yeah. This one definitely caught my eye because the fact that season two is coming to HBO max sooner than later. Yeah. I know this is something that we've seen some stuff from Genlock before. Yeah. Definitely an interesting show. Oh, yeah. I know this. Yeah, it's great. I know. You love this. So it's yeah. like this is something I've been trying to catch you, up on a little bit. If you're wondering why it's coming to HBO Max from Rooster Teeth, well, HBO, the folks that own HBO Max own Rooster Teeth. So synergy. Yes. So definitely something to check out, too. And closing out Saturday, though, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 
Stargate Atlantis cast reunion? Mm. It's been 11 years since Stargate Atlantis? Yeah, so it's been 11 years since Stargate Atlantis left the airwaves with the Valiant Pegasus expedition returning to Earth. Now we take a look back on that momentous journey with a majority of the principal cast. Join David Hewlett, uh, Tori Higginson, Rachel Luttrell, Paul McGillan, uh, Rainbow's son, Franks, uh, David uh, Nichol, and Robert uh, Picardo uh, in a discussion which may leave new fans wanting to discover the show and old fans taking up the journey once again. Stargate's, you know, it's got a very big cult following. Yeah. So this one, not too surprised to see come back, but it's just crazy, 11 years? Yeah. Like it, it feels longer for some reason. Yeah. But, you know, the fact that this is going to be one of those panels that longtime fans of the show are going to come back, you never know what could spark some movements yeah. happening about this. So great way to cap off Saturday, July 4th at Comic-Con at home. So before we jump into Sunday, what is sticking out to you about Saturday? Anything really like, okay, this is my must-watch? I mean, you already know mine. I mean, mine probably Genlock Season 2 just because I loved Season 1 so much. and It was such a great watch, uh, and it's been a while that I'm kind of like chomping at the bit for Season 2. Mm-hmm. And for that to finally be coming, I am super excited. Fear the Walking Dead for me. I mean, what can you say? Like, this show has really hooked me. I am intrigued, though, for the Darkness panel. Like, that just... To remember when that book came out, and it was just such a monster book at the shelves, too. This is going to be something to take me down memory lane, because I have not caught up on the latest of Top Cow in, in, a, in a little bit, nothing against it, but this is just something that I am interested to see about the history, and like 25 years, and like where are we going now with it? I mean, it's gonna, you never know what's going to happen there. Let us go, though, to the final day, and that is Sunday, July 25th. Mm-hmm. And we kick off 1 p.m., with Doctor Who. What yeah. a way to start the day, Pad. Yeah, so showrunner Chris uh, Chibnall, the 13th Doctor, Jody Whitaker, Mandip Gill, new Doctor Who cast member John Bishop, and a very special surprise guest uh, as they share exclusive content from Doctor Who. Uh, moderated by moderated by Salon.com's Melanie McFarland. Uh, so, and we should note this is a pre-recorded panel produced by the BBC and BBC America. Yeah, so definitely excited to see what's going on at doctor who you know this is going to be a must-watch panel and like what are we going to have show up here i have no guesses uh i'm guessing john barrowman okay that would be something to see i like i say i really want to try figuring out i mean obviously the 13th doctor jody Whitaker has been doing great work like i like the show like I'm, yeah. i know this it's kind of like very one side you know one way or the other sure say. i i will admit i fell off the show but it's not through anything or any dislike of jody whitaker it's just uh doctor who was on at the same time another show i watched was on and well i picked that one yeah so definitely want to get back into it and see what they got coming out so i mean that's gonna be a must watch as well 1 p.m though as well in conversation with alex ross yeah Break it down, Pat. Uh, so renowned comic artist Alex Ross discusses the creation of the epic mural that was commissioned for the New York City offices of Marvel Comics. These now iconic images are now the subject of Ross's newest book, the Alex Ross Marvel Comics poster book, which features all 35 full-figure portraits, commentary by Ross, and a four-page f- four pull-out poster of the complete Marvel mural. Ross will discuss the creation of these portraits, the story behind each Marvel character, and his approach to creating these singular images in a conversation that will look back on his award-winning career in comics and look ahead to what at what else is on his drawing table. I can't wait to hear 
Uh, like I said, you may not know the name, but like you see the images, and if you paid attention or, or read comics over the years, you know the images. Yeah, you know Alex Ross. If, if you were any kind of comic fan, you know Alex Ross. Like and if you've been to New York Comic Con the last couple of years, the man gets his own display on the show floor at New York Comic Con. Yeah, fantastic artist, and like I say, you probably know his work. If, if you did not know his name, trust me, this is something, the minute you see those images, you're going to be like, oh, I need to watch this. So definitely excited to see about that. Let us go, though, though, 2 p.m. Day of the Dead, adapting a legend pad. Yeah, so join showrunners Jed Elnoff and Scott Thomas, and director Steve Kotsnitsky, uh, and cast members Keenan Tracy from Bates Motel and Natalie Malika uh, discuss sci-fi's Day of the Dead and premiere a first look at the upcoming series with an exclusive trailer. Moderated by Sci-Fi Wire's uh, Caitlin Bush, the conversation provides a deep dive into the world of horror, a behind-the-scenes look into the show's creation, how George A. Romero's work inspired the producers of the series, and how it pays homage to the godfather of zombies' original famous flesh eaters. Yeah, this is something definitely interesting to check out. Uh, you know, I'm not really sure exactly what to expect, but that's why I'm going in with this. Kind of with a clean slate, and let's see, okay, how is this going to pan out? So... Definitely something to check out. I'm excited. Like I say, Day of the Dead and especially George Romero's work. I mean, yeah. legend in the, in the field. So definitely want to check that out. 2 p.m. though, DC Wonder Woman is going on as well. Wonder Wonder Women, should I say. Wonder Woman across the multiverse. Yeah. Uh, DC Associate Editor Brittany Holzer talks with the wonderful writers and artists mapping out the history and future of the Amazonian princess and the rest of the Wonder Woman and the DC Wonder Women in the DC Multiverse. Tune in to hear what's coming from Becky Cloonan, who's working on Wonder Woman, Michael Conrad, who's also working on Wonder Woman, uh, and then Stephanie Williams, who worked on Wonder Woman 1984, and Aletha Martinez, who worked on who's working on Immortal Wonder Woman. Yeah, so definitely interested to hear what's coming in for the future of Diana Prince, and mm-hmm. let's see yeah. what's going to happen there. I mean. We know that Wonder Woman 84, we do have a sequel coming out for that, so the trilogy film is there. I don't expect to hear anything about that there. You never know, they might slide something in. But if you're a fan of Wonder Woman, this is a must-watch panel for you. Jumping to 3 o'clock, almost like if we were in the Wave Rider. Mm. DC Legends of Tomorrow, casting conversation and sneak peek. Yeah, so far in Season 6, DC's Legends not only saved the world with a singing competition, stopped the Cuban Missile Crisis with a football game, and fought off an alien Amelia Earhart, but also recovered Sarah Lance, who was abducted, cloned, and turned into a human-alien hybrid by evil genius Bishop. With Avalanche officially engaged, it's time high time for the Legends to plan a wedding and mess up the timeline for the better. Join series stars Katie Lotz, uh, Tala Ash, Jess McCollin, uh, Olivia Swan, Adam uh, Sheckman, Cheyenne uh, uh, Sobhian, Liseth Chavez and Nick Zano and Matt Ryan, along with executive producers Phil Klemmer and uh, Kato Shimizu, uh, for an at-home conversation about how this season was created, along with a sneak peek at what's to come for the rest of the season and beyond. So, you know we've talked about Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, we said it was American Doctor Who until Loki came on to our screens, and, well, that's surpassed it. But Legends is his own quirky world in its own mm-hmm. from where it started to where it is now uh teeters a little more on the funny side than the actual drama side in my opinion yeah but if you've been invested in the show you're kind of used to it by now so either that's it's a must watch or you'll catch it when you catch it 
But to see the direction it's gone in and where we're going from here is anybody's guess. So if you're a fan of the show, this will be worth checking out and definitely hear what the cast has to take on it. I'm definitely intrigued to see, but we'll kind of have to wait to see. Like I said, i got to catch up on some episodes lately. Haven't been able to uh, juggle around the schedule a little bit for that. But I'm interested to see about what the cast has to say. Because, I mean, really, like, where do you go from here? Like, that's the question I have. However, though, at 3 o'clock, tidings from Middle Earth, Pat. Uh-huh. I know you want to talk about this yes. one. Yes. Uh, so the OneRing.net previews all the comings of Middle Earth uh, from Amazon's Lord of the Rings TV series. New J.R.R. Tolkien books. Christ, I didn't think they had any more. Uh, a New Line Cinema anime yeah. film. For an, from an ever-expanding legendarium with cast and story synopsis, our panel will analyze and update you on the latest news regarding the Lord of the Rings on Prime. We'll share info on what to expe- what to expect to see and not see from the all, from all new Tolkien adaptations. Panelists include uh, Cliff Broadway, Jim Wirt, Josh Long, Justin Sewell, and Molly Ostertag. So if you if you might be sitting there going, you know, I'm excited for Lord of the Rings, but I th- I don't know what they're going to base it off of. There's not really much there for it. They're going to be making it up out of thin air. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. Not so fast, my friends. Uh, if you don't know, J.R.R. Tolkien was ridiculously detailed uh, about that whole world of Middle Earth from, like, start to finish. What happened? When? Where? How? Who? Why? So if you if you read into some of the various appendices and other forms, you can kind of draw an idea of where the show is going to go or what it might be based off of. So you definitely find out more about that here. Uh, I know that there was, is the new line uh, cinema anime film coming for Lord of the Rings. Don't even know what that's going to be about. But the Tolkien book surprises me just because the last one came out. It was Fall of Gondolin. That was, I want to say 2018, 2019, maybe even 2020. It's somewhere within the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. I didn't think they had any more just because the way I had thought I read it was that Fall of Gondolin was like the, you know, Fall of Gondolin, Baron and Luthien, which was the one prior, were kind of like the last writings that, you know, they were, Christopher Tolkien was able to put together before he passed, you know, I, I thought that was it. I thought that that was kind of the end of it, that they weren't going to, but apparently I'm wrong. Yeah, I was really surprised to hear about this, but I know that this show has got a lot of hype behind it. Billion dollars. So, yeah, let's see what a billion dollars does for TV. Because, yeah. Buys my ass in the seat, I'll tell you that much. Well, I'm just saying, like, I'm going to definitely check it out. I am just blown away at the budget for this. And, you know, I mean, Amazon Prime has been doing a lot of good things. I know, like I said, it was kind of very quiet and under the radar about this one. But they're dropping it on Sunday. And I think it's perfect day, too, because you look at what we talked about previously. It's stacked lineups. Mm -hmm. So now Sunday's kind of like it's always been the go-home show. Yeah. So this is a perfect way to round out the day, even though there's more panels going on. Yeah. And one that has my attention. Meh. 4 p.m. Returning and trying to fix the mess they made. Good luck. Oh, break it down, Pad. Uh, so this is Dexter. Uh, America's favorite serial killer is back. Currently in production on 10 new episodes, Dexter premieres on Showtime this fall. Join award-winning star Michael C. Hall, uh, Clyde Phillips, Scott Reynolds, uh, Marcos Siega, and Dexter's newcomer, Julia Jones, in a virtual panel discussion moderated by entertainment journalist and Dexter superfan, Kristen Dos Santos. Tune in for a never-seen-before sneak peek trailer for a look at what's to come. Okay, so if you're not familiar with Dexter, 
It was at one point the best show on cable TV. It's always been a Showtime show, uh, and it is a really fascinating show about a serial killer who kills serial killers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's and how it's evolved over time has been a roller coaster to fans. Uh, in season four, they had John Lithgow as the Trinity Killer, mm-hmm. who it ends with arguably the best season finale of all time. You can argue this. I know Rich from 3FN will argue this with anybody. Sure. After that, it kind of goes up and down a little bit on where they go with the story. Because, I mean, obviously, it's almost like the point is like, you end on such a mind-blowing note, it's like, how do you pick up the pieces and go? Where Dexter goes off the rails a little bit is the final season, and I don't even want to get into it because I will go on a very, very angry rant. But it ends in, in my opinion, the worst possible series finale ever written. Well, so I do remember when it came out and like the reviews coming out and it just being like really low. Oh yeah, like I'm, I'm sorry, like in my opinion, it was bad, and like I, I, I can't stress that enough of how angry I was because the show had been at such a, a high quality peak, and to see like this is the end, it was just like, what is going on here? Yeah, but they're gonna try redeeming it now. So good luck. You got a lot of shit to clean up. There is. I mean, they they ended the show with a wild like cliffhanger question mark. Sure. I was not, like I said, I don't want, I don't even want to spoil it. Cause I know you're going to see a lot of like, okay, how is Dexter here in the trailer? So it like to try breaking it down. And I just don't want to do it. Cause I'm going to get angry, but they left it with like, Oh God, you're ending it like this. Maybe that maybe they'll do like, what was it? Dallas. And Oh, that was all a dream sequence. Never happened. Oh, I could only hope I like, seriously, I could only hope. But they want to try re-fixing the wrong. So, listen, I'll, I'll applaud them for doing it. I'm going to watch it because I need to see how they can fix it. And I sw- and you're a glutton for punishment. <sighs> well, you know, it's like it, when you get invested with certain shows, sure, you can't walk away. Sure. Like, it, it's, it's just one of those rela- – it's like a bad relationship. Like, you know you want out. You yeah. know, you know it's, it should be done, but yet you stick around because you you have reasons you stick around. And it is what it is. This is one of those shows because – like I don't want to watch, but I'm gonna watch. Yeah, and I I know we have again members of the OEPH Society. They're like, you need to cover Dexter. I'm not. We're not gonna do like an episode episode recap. I will talk about it though. Sure, because I need to figure out like what they're gonna do here. But I am definitely intrigued by this panel. I will give the intrigued here because, like I say, when I first heard this, I was like, really? Okay, well here we are. Yeah. You know, bringing back everything. But if they can fix it, more power to it. I know you got another panel circled, though, for 4 o'clock. Goddamn right I do. Oh, I'm going to let you jump on this one. Uh, so taking place at 4 o'clock is the panel for Ruby. This, of course, is the hit uh, animated sh- series from Rooster Teeth, uh, where it reads, The cast and crew of Ruby share fun announcements, a look at Volume 9, and more, featuring lead voice actress Lindsay Jones, who's the voice of Ruby Rose, Kara Eber- Elbry, uh, who's the voice of Weishni, Aaron Zek, who's the voice of Blake Belladonna, and Barbara Dunkelman, who's the voice of Yang Zhaolong, uh, lead writer and director Kerry Shawcross, and writers Eddie Rivas and Miles Luna. I cannot wait for this panel. Uh, I won't spoil the ending of Volume 8, but Volume 8 ending left me on a holy shit, I need this right now. Uh, okay. I will say the ending is akin to 
uh, what, I forget what episode it was of Loki, but like Loki ended up in another place. You were like, wait, where the hell are we? Similar type, similar type of vibe. Uh, ended up someplace. Uh, and Three? Like, something like that. And they're like, oh, holy shit, how'd we get here? Uh, featured an antagonist that just won't go away. And also another antagonist that I would compare for Marvel as uh, uh, the, the general who was chasing after uh, Natasha and, and Black Widow. Okay. Like her, like him, you know. Good intentions, real piece of shit though, real annoying. So I'm super excited for uh, some footage from Volume Nine, which cannot come soon enough. Yeah, I know you're amped up about this one, so I know this is your must hit on Sunday. Uh-huh. Uh for me, uh, you know, like I said, I'm gonna check it out. Like I said, I'm slowly watching it. I know you talk about it a lot, so I try piggybacking off yeah. that a little bit and, and checking it out. It's just I got a lot on the plate right now, so. Going through the list of shows, we'll see what happens. But I'm definitely willing to check the panels out. Like that's gonna yeah. be the goal this weekend. Another panel that definitely caught my eyes, and like I said, Netflix Geeked is definitely doing a lot of work. Yeah. 5 p.m., yeah. Army of Thieves. Yeah, uh, yeah. so this reads, Army of the Dead was only the beginning. Be among the first to get a sneak peek of Army of Thieves, the highly anticipated prequel to Zack Snyder's Netflix blockbuster. Producers Zack Snyder and Deborah Snyder and we- uh, Wesley Collar will be joined by director and star Matthias uh, Sh- Schweighoffer, mm-hmm. uh, plus Natalie uh, Emmanuel, uh, to reveal the heist that started it all. In this action-packed prequel, Dieter, our favorite safecracker, gets drawn into the adventure of a lifetime when a mysterious woman recruits him to join a crew of Interpol's most wanted criminals, attempting to heist a sequence of legendary, impossible-to-crack safes across Europe. You know, when I first heard about like Army of the Dead, I always get confused with Day of the Dead. Yeah. Like I said, it just kind of rolls off the tongue. But like, how the fact... Zack Snyder has pulled this off, and, I mean, the Army of the Dead franchise is now spawning out to Army of Thieves. Like, I, it's just kind of crazy to me, like, what he's been able to do with this film and mm-hmm. now create some more buzz to it. And, I mean, just like I say, just from where we where it started to where we are now, like, this is kind of wild. Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely wanting to check this out, and, like, let's go from there. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I, it's just kind of wild we're getting a prequel to it already. But, yeah. hey. Is what is, not mad. I mean, it, Army of the Dead is Army of the Dead. So, yeah. So, that all being said, 5 p.m., we do have some Robotech. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this one. Uh, this is Robotech, the new beginning. Uh, it reads, Will Ro- uh, where will Robotech be streaming online? Will there ever be a Robotech HD re- uh, release? Find out here. I'm curious to answer some of those answers to the questions just because I have vague memories of Robotech because it was one of the shows when Toonami first started on Cartoon Network when it was... The like 3 p.m., 4 p.m., whenever it came on, not the late night thing it is now. Mm. When, it, when it first started, it was like 3 p.m., 4 p.m., and it was all anime shows. It was animated shows, anime shows. This was one of the first shows that was on there, and this was one of the first animes I got into because it was kind of like Transformers minus the personalities in the robots. It was a super interesting concept, and I'm sorry, the plot of like within the first five, ten episodes, whatever it was, where... They went up into space to fight the aliens. Something went wrong. Because, like I said, I haven't seen the show in maybe 20 years. So mm. I've got vague memories. I don't remember everything fresh. But I very distinctly remember one of the episodes. Something happens. They get transported through space. And they go, wait a minute. Where are we? And that's when they realize, we're that's Pluto. Yeah. We're at the other end of the We're at the other end of the solar system. And I, I went, oh, my God, I'm in. Yeah, Robotech has got such a cult following. And it, like I say, if there will ever be an HD release, that is interesting. I was like, I'd like to re-watch, re-watch the series just because, like I said, 
I watched it when it was on Toonami back in the day, when yeah. it was like 97, 98. But it's been that long since I've seen it. And, and I know it was on Netflix for all of like a couple of months, but I just didn't get through all of it. I fell behind, you know, and it, then it went off of there. I know it's on something like there's a couple iterations on Tubi, the, the free streaming service Tubi. But there's like seven or eight of them, and it's not the full series, and it's movies, and it's it's just give me Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, whoever. Give it to somebody, whole series start to finish, so that way I can kind of re-experience the whole show again, because I'd like to. Yeah, definitely. So I am very, very excited to see what we're doing here. Going to 5 p.m., though, Eastern Standard Time as well, I know this isn't a show that you're interested in, and I know that this is just something that – there's been a lot of hype behind. Yeah. So we definitely want to bring it to everybody's attention. That's the legacy of Chucky. Uh, yeah. USA and Sci-Fi present an exclusive featurette that celebrates the 30-plus year legacy of the Child's Play franchise and iconic character Chucky. With never-before-seen interviews with franchise creator Don Mancini and fed favorites uh, Brad Dourif, uh Chucky, Jennifer Tilly, Tiffany, uh, Fiona Dorouf, uh, Nika, Alex Vincent, uh, Andy uh, Bar- Barclay, and Christine Elise uh, Kyle. Uh, fans will also get a behind-the-scenes look in, uh, and world premiere exclusive trailer of the highly anticipated Chucky series coming to USA and Sci-Fi this fall, uh, which will welcome Devin Sawa from Final Destination and Casper, uh, Lexa Doig uh, from Arrow, Stargate SG-1, uh, to the franchise, as well as Zachary Arthur, Bjorgvin uh, Arnson, Olivia Allen Lind and Teo Briones. Get ready to play. Yeah, this one I know Mike C from Horror Zone is talking about. I know Rich is talking about. A lot of our fellow podcasters are talking about this one. So I am not the biggest fan of Child's Play. I don't watch too much horror movies. But this one, like we touch upon, 30 plus years. Yeah. And to see that little psycho doll is still running around doing what he does. Absolutely wild. And like I said, there is a lot of hype behind this show. Like, a lot of people are buzzing about this. So if you want to find out more information about it, I definitely recommend you check it out. And I know our friends over at Horizon are going to be talking about this next week. So definitely want to get their opinions on this as well. 5 p.m., though, Eastern Standard Time. Now, Pat, I know you're not familiar with this universe, but the Mighty Crusaders. Who? Exactly. Archie Comics superheroes. So I know I'll let you read the, the description. Uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, In 1940, MJ Comics, the company later rebranded as Archie Comics, published Pep Comics No. 1 and created the first patriotic superhero, The Shield. They would go on to create a pantheon of superheroes, including fan favorites like The Comet, Hangman, The Fly, Lancelot Strong, and many more. These heroes have appeared in both Archie Comics and DC Comics. They have been reprinted in England, France, Germany, and Brazil. They have crossed over to radio, film, and the pulps. Presented here is the 80-year history of the greatest superheroes of the Archie universe. Rick Offenberger from Archie Comics moderates this panel featuring Paul Castigula from Archie Comics, uh, Jason Contini from Red Circle Investigations, and J.C. Vaughn from Gemstone Publishing. See, it took me a minute because I started having flashbacks of when I picked this up when it was under DC Comics at the comic shop because to read the preview of this, yet again, 80-plus years and these heroes have popped in and out of different companies. And to see that they're still representing on the shelves is absolutely astonishing. I'm excited about this one. 
because I do remember reading the Shield when it was under the when DC Comics was running the imprint for the Mighty Crusaders. So I do remember the Shield. I do remember the comment and the fly. And just to kind of see how this has evolved over time, I'm definitely intrigued by this. And like I say, to have a comics property last 80 plus years, yeah, amazing. So I'm definitely wanting to check that out. On 6 p.m. though, Eastern Standard Time, and like we say, all these times you can go log into comic-con.org and wherever you are registered at, it will tell you your time on your time zone. So that's perfect. I gotta give them applause for that again. But 6 p.m. Sunday though, behind the scenes with the creative team of Image Comics best-selling superhero series Radiant Black, co-creator slash writer Kyle Higgins, co-creator slash artist Marcelo Costa. Editor slash designer Michael Bustilli and artist Eduardo uh, Ferragio. Uh, Join moderator Megan uh, Camarena, host of Radiant Radio, for an exciting peek behind the scenes of the best-selling superhero series Radiant Black. Get the inside scoop on their, their creative process and the exciting t- plot twists and reveals ahead for the popular Image Comics series. I have heard nothing but amazing things about this book. I've been meaning to pick it up. I know our guy JT from East Coast Avengers has been reading it. I know Brian from Cheers has been talking about this as well. So this one definitely has got my interest peaked. So I definitely want to go take a pick, uh, you know, a quick shout at the panel. And then maybe I'll head down to the comic shop and pick some up. I don't know. We'll have to kind of wait and see. But there's a lot of our friends that are definitely talking about this. So I am excited to see about what this panel is going to do. Sunday is a wild day, my friends. Yeah. So... That being said, the last panels are at 7 p.m. on Eastern Standard Time. So what's your takeaways from Sunday? Uh, Despite the fact that Sunday for most conventions is usually known as like the go-home day, the the wind-down day. I know with New York, uh, it's like a kid-focused day. Mm -hmm. Uh, This one is like no slouch. Yeah, this one definitely had a lot of stuff going late night, too. So I would say they have a lot of strong panels. They kick off early in the morning, though, with – Legends of, or Legends and uh, Doctor Who. Yeah. So I know that's super early in the morning. And then, like I say, the, the Curveball, the sleeper one, is going to be Day of the Dead, I think. Could be. Like, that one definitely has my attention, especially when you're touching on the George Romero legacy and doing it. And, obviously, to see what they have coming up for this is going to be kind of a wild trip because this is all a horror-based genre. It's definitely influencing a lot of shows. Like I said, yeah. Army of the Dead, as we see from uh, Zack Snyder. Anything is possible to see with this show. So, like I say, that's going to be the big tell, I think, of where Sunday's going to go. And Dexter is another one that's jumping out at me. So, a lot to digest here on Sunday as well. But that being said, we are going to get one more break out of the way. We gave you Saturday and Sunday's play-by-play of San Diego Comic-Con at home, July 24th and 25th. Hit us up on that hashtag, hashtag ODPHpod. What is your picks that you want to watch? We definitely want to know. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Ah, uh, yeah, Brian Wayne here, your host of the Cheers to Comics podcast, the podcast dedicated to delivering the most current content in the world of comic books. So whether you're looking for the most spectacular interviews of the creators that make the things that we love, or you're looking to maybe line your pockets with some speculation, this is the podcast for you. So tune in on Mondays and Fridays, and you are guaranteed to never miss a beat the pulse of this amazing, amazing comic book industry. Cheers. 
Coming back for the final segment on this edition of the OTPH podcast. And man, oh man, oh man, did we ever break down San Diego Comic-Con at home. Yeah. So much information that if you want to find out everything going on, links to the panels that we discussed, and so much more for where we read everything. The information that we were talking about all came from comic-con.org. So definitely swing on over there, check them out, and go support the cons on digitally. So, Pat, final thoughts on San Diego Comic-Con? It's a lot better than last year, I'll say that much. Yeah, they definitely loaded up the lineup. I know without Marvel and DC there, there appears to be like a big void because when you talk... Again, Marvel, we know everything that's coming. Yeah, that's the whole thing. It's not anything that's going to be ground-shaking unless they were going to sneak a panel in and try doing it virtually announcing like hypothetically... The casting of Fantastic Four. Which Feige said they're nowhere near doing. Right. So I'm not holding any breath on that. And you know what? They're still coming down there with the comics. The X-Men panel is definitely going to be one to watch. And they have so much going on that even though it's virtual, I think they took the feedback from last year and we're going to see vast improvements. Like I said, the lineup looks a lot better. Yeah. In comparison from last year. Yeah. So that all being said, I think there's a lot of win here. I know Netflix has a big presence. I know Shudder has one for horror fans. I know we didn't deep dive into that, but they're going to be representing a lot on the panels. I know that Amazon Prime has got two big ones that are really going to cause some attention, especially that Lord of the Ring one. I know that this has a lot of indie comics that have their own separate panels going on, too. So there really is something for everybody. And I can't stress enough, too, the impact of RPGs in this panel. A lot of Dungeons & Dragons, a lot of stuff to watch. So definitely cannot stress this enough. Swing on over to comic-con.org. Get the links to the show so you don't miss a minute of the content. Kicking off Wednesday with the Snake Eyes panel. Going right through Sunday. There's a lot to be excited about for a comic fan. And like I say... We know that on paper they're still tentatively going to be having that event in live action or live person. I shouldn't say live action, but live person in November for San Diego. We do know New York Comic Con is running because we'll be down there as press. Yep. So super excited about doing that. And we do know DC Fandom is going to be taking place the week after. Haven't heard about anything Marvel has planned yet, but they're keeping everything very, very close uh, under wraps right now. So we'll kind of have to wait and see what goes on. But a lot to be excited about. And like I say, We're getting new content, so that's the takeaway from this. Enjoy it as fans. We'll definitely have some recaps to talk about next week on the ODPH podcast. But before we close out this show, Pat has got his picks at the comic shop this week. Uh, Yeah, so what I'm reading this week, Alien, issue number five. Uh, And then you've got uh, The Flash, issue number 772. Uh, Leaving past mistakes behind and racing into the future, Wally West returns as Central City's Scarlet Speedster. Now reunited with his wife, Linda, and their two daughters, or two children, uh, the former Kid Flash begins a new chapter in his life. But Wally Wally quickly remembers that saving lives and fighting supervillains may make him a a hero, but they don't pay the bills. Luckily, an old friend uh, may have just the right job for this blue-collar champion. Uh, James Bond, Agent of Spectre, issue number five. Star Wars The High Republic, issue number, uh, The High Republic Adventures, issue number six. Thor Annual, issue number one. Uh, this one reads, Thor vs. Thor. Thor and the other leaders of the Ten Realms and uh, Hawkeye, question mark, hmm. have gathered for a World Tree celebration. But the festivities come to an abrupt halt when a mysterious guest and his otherworldly powers crashes the po- party. P- and his plus one is a dark twisted version of Thor who is determined to become the iron-fisted ruler of all the realms. Also in this issue, part five of eight of Infinite Fury. 
Uh, also, I teased it enough in a previous segment. Uh, I'm going to tell you about it now. Read the description, two sentences of the description, and then went, oh, fuck yes, I'm in. From Grant Morrison, Superman and the Authority, issue number one. Oh, man. Sometimes even Superman finds a task almost impossible. Sometimes even the last son of Krypton needs twin list help. Some tasks require methods and heroes that don't scream Justice League. So Clark Kent, the Metropolis Marvel, seeks out Manchester Black. Oh, geez. Uh, the most, uh, the most dastardly of rogues to form an all new authority tasked with taking care of some business on the sly. Not only will black know the right candidates from the, uh, for the team, but if Superman can make him behave himself and act in service of the greater good, then he'll prove literally anyone can be a hero. They'll have to move quickly. However, as the ultra humanite, forms his own team to take out the Man of Steel. This new limited series helps launch an all-new Superman status quo, setting up story elements that will reverberate across both action comics and Superman, Son of Kal-El, in the months to come. And not only is Superman putting together a superstar team, but it takes superstars to tell the tale. Grant Morrison and Mikel Janine uh, are working on the book. That's going to be a dope book. I got to the Manchester Black part and went, oh, fuck, I'm in. Well, you know, it's Grant Morrison writing Superman, and he does write a very good Superman. All-Star Superman just comes to mind. And uh-huh. if you, if you haven't great, read that, great animated movie. Yeah, if you haven't read that, read that. I, I, One of my favorite Superman stories of all time. So this one definitely is going to have something down at the comic shops to go pick up. So many good books going, and obviously we're inching closer towards free comic book day. Yeah. So definitely we'll have a lot to talk about in the upcoming weeks for that and you know what we did so much about san diego comic-con we're going to leave you with that so like i can't stress enough all the information we were reading off comes right from comic-con.org so definitely head on over there now bookmark when your favorite panels are going to be hitting there hit us up on twitter all weekend at od parlay hour or go through the social media accounts you can find at wherepad odphpodcast.com right on so you go right to the page it's right on the front and you can click. You can talk to us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitch. Well, we're not going to be doing any streaming this weekend, though. So we definitely want to stress that out. We were going to we were talking about doing a nightly uh, recap, but uh, the team will not be in town, so we won't be doing that. But you know we're going to be hitting up on Twitter. But while you're there, swing on over to the music section because the music you're hearing on this episode is at a shout of the robots. Fantastic people. You want to sign up for the Patreon? You want to go check them out live because they kick ass live. Speaking of live. Pad, you know who's playing at the X? Uh, second Suitor. Yeah. I know Pad is just, there's so many shows that are now getting booked right now. It's taking us a second to think because now with the X opening up, Second Suitor is going to be taking that down. And I'm hearing rumors Uh-oh. about some other bands going to be doing some shows. Don't want to speculate too much. But if you want to find great music, hit the music section. All the bands are there, like Tom Jolu, Yard Party, Floodlands, Brian Wolf, so much more. Just go support everybody there. They're fantastic. Head on over to the Classifieds. You can find friends of the show. You can find organizational links support Black Lives Matter. You can find all the amazing pod groups we are in via their pod chaser pages. So definitely shout out to the Apocalypse and shout out to the Inner Circle. And of course, 607 Podcasts, our friends over at 8122 Productions, Richmond, Mike C. And of course, hashtag Big Natty Cool, because Pad, they will be at uh, Game Changer Wrestling this weekend. Oh, Lord. Nick Gage versus Matt Cardona. Oh, Lord. Rich and Diesel are going to be in that entrance, I guarantee you, for Nick Gage coming out. Get the popcorn ready. Go buy the pay-per-view. It's going to be a fantastic weekend, so get the bundle on Fight TV. Free plug for you. 
definitely go check it out. I'll be live tweeting it, and we'll have a lot to discuss on that. Trust me, on 607TWS this week. All of that and so much more, odphpodcast.com. That's all I got for this week. So for the one and only Padawan J. Thank you, thank you. I'm your host, Ken M. Thank you, as always, for listening to the ODPH Podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. Enjoy San Diego Comic-Con at home, everybody. We'll see you next time.